Welcome everyone to the Kill Me. Welcome to the Star Carnival. <laughs> no, no. Welcome to the No Spin Dash Zone. I'm Isaiah. I'm Steven. I'm not David Lynch. And this is our final episode of season two. I am not David Lynch. <laughs> we were, I, we I like how you had me click on a link and then I had to just like, uh, never mind. We were looking at David Lynch impressions because I wanted Isaiah to open the episode as David Lynch, but he decided to pass on that, I suppose. I decided to pass. Okay. This is our season two finale. And also, I don't know if we should keep calling them seasons or not, because you can't have more than one season in a year, but it still feels strange because there's pretty much no gap. There's a one-week gap, but... It's a buzzword. It's our second section of three... We're having three sections, right? We could call them eras if we would like. Eras, yes. The Dreamcast era, I guess. Classic Dreamcast and modern. No, no, it's Genesis Dreamcast. It's Classic Dreamcast Modern. And then I guess modern is the word, but classic is a terrible term because it wasn't what it was called when it was, like... Well, it's also... Dreamcast is also a terrible name. Yeah, but at least it, like... I like it better than modern and classic because it implies that there's nothing between... Yeah. Even though the Dreamcast era is staring us in the face, uh, defining Sonic for the next decade or whatever. We got classic, modern, and literal perfection. <laughs> classic, modern, and Sonic boom? <laughs> Man, there might be a fourth era in the making. Well, we're the Sonic baby boomer generation. Where the Sonic boom franchise continues and definitely isn't canceled after a few games. It wasn't really hard, can't like, isn't the show still going on? I think the show ended a while ago. Uh, well, egg on my chest, or whatever the saying is. Close enough. Eggman on my chest. So in this episode, we're looking back on every Sonic game that we played in this era. But first... But first, we're looking back on every character that has been introduced in the Sonic franchise. Or at least the ones that matter, question mark. Just a hot update. We have two eras coming up. We have the one that's like is Sonic 06 to Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed. Oh, okay. And then it goes from Sonic Lost World to Sonic Forces, which is a much smaller area. It's only nine games. Well, it's it's going to get larger. Are we are we going to end on Transformed and not Generations? I'm just asking. Yeah, it's based on years mm. and, and and console releases. That is fair enough. That is. That is Darinoscopy. Lost World came out for the Wii U, <laughs> so that's why I gapped it that way. It was based on console releases. Yeah. Yeah. Which does make sense. Yeah, that's how the previous generations were gapped, so... And that's also literally how, like, it's console generation, so it makes sense that it would also be game generations. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. that's... So we've got four eras that we're covering, and I'm not sure what to call them, because modern doesn't work now that we have, you know, a new one. So I guess we could just <laughs> call it Sonic Boom. Oops. Whoops. Oops. It's got athletic tape on. It's not... It's definitely not athletic tape. What, what do you call it, then? It's just, like, like bandages. It's like... It's it's supposed to be athletic tape. It looks more like just, like, mummy wraps than anything else. Like, yes, it does. Um, it makes me think of that one guy from uh, OG Dragon Ball that all the girls love. Uh, Goku? Oh, my God. Yamcha? Is it is it Goku? No, he was, like, a really famous fighter in that universe, and the girls loved him, but Goku beat him senselessly. Uh, that's Goku. Yamcha. Yamcha. Master Roshi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just afraid of girls. Mr. <laughs> Master Roshi, that's a whole nother ballpark that I'm not going to touch. Girls are afraid of him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just afraid of girls, and girls are afraid of Master Roshi. So, therefore, it must be 
the only other character we've talked about so far, which is Goku. Uh, Piccolo. He's pretty good at fighting, right? Piccolo? <laughs> the ladies love a good green man. So we ranked out of 32 characters, 31 characters. There, there are 31 characters in the Sonic game franchise as of 2000. What year? Now that is a lie because we had to ix. Well, we're mostly counting playable characters in yeah. this case. We yeah, we had to ix some characters. We excluded a lot of very minor characters uh, and also Maria. There are also we did not include Bomb and Heavy, who are definitively playable characters. What they are not, however, is characters. They're junk characters, basically, in the context of the game. Right, but they're but they playable characters. They're playable, but they're not characters, so we nixed them. And despite being a theme in Sonic Adventure 2, we are not including the President's Secretary. <laughs> it was pondered. It was, it was on we, the table. We did consider it, for sure. Who, okay, but if we included the President's Secretary, we would have had to include Maria. Right, and we did not. Because she's literally way more important. We would also have to include Omo Chow. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, we didn't do any of those things. So without further ado, <laughs> I'll introduce the first character. So without further ado... You gotta build it up. So without further ado, the bottom character of the 31 is none other than Black Doom himself. The evil eye guy from Shadow the Hedgehog. I think, like, I can't tell what makes me dislike him more, the voice acting or the writing, because they're both bad, but, like, they're both bad in their own special, way-too-edgy way. He's also just not pleasant to look at. Yeah, like, everything he says is humans suck, but, like, in a cartoonish way, and also his voice is just somebody doing a, a deep, gravelly voice to, like, sound evil. It's funny, though. Like, it's funny, but it's it, not... His voice is 100% definitely my favorite part of the character. I hate it. Like, it's just, it's unpleasant to listen to, especially because of how much he talks. Shadow. Yeah, but it's, it's like, so funny, yeah. Like, it makes me laugh all the time. Like, you'll complete an objective in the game, and he'll be like, Well done, Shadow. It is time for... And as he's talking, everything will fade out except for his voice. And then he'll be interrupted by the victory screen. Yeah, it's so funny. I don't I don't see... Okay, I think that you're trying to take this game as seriously as it pretends to be. <laughs> which is your problem with no. some of the things like Black Doom. The, th the thing is, is that even if it's funny, like it's funny in a way that's... I would rather something less funny. Because it'd be more pleasant. I... I wholeheartedly disagree. I so... It, it's funniness doesn't make up for its unpleasantness. I think that Black Doom's voice is one of the best parts of that game because it's just clearly over the top in a way that it doesn't need to be. And that's the, like, definition of Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> Shadow, the No Spin Dash Zone podcast put me at number 31 on their list. Go kill them. <laughs> Don't get the Chaos Emerald yet. That's for later. Shadow, pick up the groceries before getting the Chaos Emerald. <laughs> Shadow, can you drop off my rent? Then get the Chaos Emerald. Shadow, this is Doom. <laughs> Call me back when you get a chance. <laughs> Steven, go to number 30, or I'll kill you. <laughs> so yeah, that's Black Doom. There's nothing really going on there. Next we have, from Sonic Riders, Mr. Storm himself. He's an albatross. He's gray. Yeah. There's not a lot else going on. He kind of roasts Knuckles, and that's really the only positive point, but his character design is maybe not the best. 
he's sort of meant to be like an evil Knuckles, and like his interactions with Knuckles are funny, but his interactions with everyone else are not funny. Yeah. Because he's just evil Knuckles. Right. He's an evil Big the Cat. Well, and like the problem is that Knuckles was also evil Knuckles for a while. Yeah. How the times have changed. <laughs> I think that of the various writer's counterparts, he is the one that makes kind of the least sense. Yeah. Because he's not actually a different person from Knuckles. He just was, like, fooled by someone besides Eggman into doing work. And then he's and then he's kind of fooled by Eggman into doing work, now that I think about it. He's just, <laughs> he is just Knuckles. Yeah, he's, he's Knuckles, but, like, he answers to somebody. Like, I think... Well, no, but Knuckles did, too. Like... Yeah. Or, I guess you mean he's answering to Jet. Yeah. But Knuckles does that for Sonic and Heroes. Yeah. Like, Knuckles has no reason to hang out with Tails and Sonic at that point. He's just become a lackey. That's true. Also, the craziest thing is that they are both from floating islands. Oh my god. Yeah. And both of them have had their race annihilated. <laughs> so Storm is literally Knuckles. Storm is just Knuckles, but like worse. Yeah, no, Storm is definitely the worst of the three. Anyway, the next character that we've got for 29 is the Tails doll from Sonic R. He's a possessed doll, kind of, but there's nothing really to it because it's Sonic R. Yeah. This this would be the part where if we spent way more time editing than we should, we turned this section of the podcast into a glitchy sort of horror thing, and then don't acknowledge it, and then just continue the rest of the podcast. Yeah, but instead it's going to be a section where we say the Tails doll has really no characterization, and its design is not amazing. It's neat that it's different from the metal characters, yeah. but because it is different, it does not look as cool. I think it's, I think it's cool that Tails doll sort of has a different place in the fandom culture than it like clearly was meant to. Yeah. The the games never took advantage of that. He never returned. So Well he did, he was in Sonic Adventure. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean that I guess. I I guess. <laughs> that's not really an like I mean, just think about the idea that you as Gamma are shooting a playable character from a different Sonic <laughs> game. <laughs> but like, you know, Sonic has haunted mansion type stuff in it and like spooky stuff all over it imagine if they were just like oh yeah the tails dolls is is here like in this spooky environment yeah i mean that would be good but it doesn't so oops yeah that's like i would i would definitely rank tails doll higher if they took advantage of the sort of cult following it had but they don't do anything meaningful with it yeah that happened before the self-aware sega happened so i don't think we're gonna get that yeah anyways speaking of appearing later on for no reason our next character for 28 is Bean. He's the first of the squad of dudes that will randomly show up as pictures in the background for future Sonic games. <laughs> I like that he's the first non-mammal Sonic character. That's not true. What about, like, Metal Sonic? What about the entire Chaotix? I guess the Chaotix were at the same time as... No, it was... Um... SBO and Bean were at the same time, right? But then Chaotix was after? No, SBO came in Chaotix. SBO appeared in Chaotix before he was in Fighters. Isaiah, Fighters was way later. Fighters was like one of the last three games we played. I had that chronology like completely mixed up then. Never mind, I take that back. Bean sucks. Who cares that he's a duck? I actually... I mean, he is the first bird, I guess, if you don't count the Ku Klux Army the... from Tales Adventures. Oh, okay. I, I forgot. I'm sorry. I got really I... nervous for a second. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I don't. That was not the best call on yeah. their part. It was called Battle Cuckoo Army. That's what it's called. It was. That was a bad bit. Charlie, 
There's better you words. Can't, you can't do this. Cucko. Anyway. Bean's funny because he's a dog with bombs, and that gets him further ahead than the rest of these schmucks that make up the bottom four. But he's still definitely not an amazing character. Yeah. So next we've got, somehow, <laughs> Big the Cat made it to 27. This is, Charlie did this. I ruined the entire list. Steven and I, I, like, I put him, I put him in second to last. I think Steven, you put him second to last or last, right? He put him at last. Yeah. The way it panned out was that Black Doom got second to last for me and Charlie and last for you. So that just makes sense that he's a bottom. Yeah. And then Big the Cat got second to last for me. Or no, got second to last for you, last for me, and goddamn 11th place for Charlie. <laughs> I think he's kind of interesting. Charlie likes Pick the Cat. <laughs> that is a deviation of 20 points. Here's the other thing is we're lumping like Big and Froggy together, right? Froggy is not really a character. Yeah, I mean it's it's mostly just talking about Big, yeah. Froggy is is a non-character, but here's the thing: Big is also a non-character. Yeah, he's terrible. The only things he does are try to find Froggy and then hang out with Froggy, and his only motivations are where's Froggy? Hey, he also fishes and hangs out with other friends. It's not even as if Charlie thought that he was good enough to get, like, the number one spot. It's not like Charlie really identifies with Big a lot. It's just he likes him enough that he put him in 11th. Like, not even top 10. So you acknowledge that he's shitty, but you yeah. can't, like, bring yourself to give him the bottom roll. <laughs> it should also be noted that, uh, compared to these two, I based my list mostly on visual design. Yeah, that's something we should note. I did mine almost entirely on, like, personality and narrative role. And I blended the two. So that's what happens. So Big sucks. Big does suck, though. Big's visual design is bad. Big's character design is bad. Big's belt is weird. Big's voice is the worst. Yeah, Big is terrible. Probably worse than Black Dooms. Also, I think that it should... Another thing we should note is that I based my list on, at the moment, in like, before Sonic 06, how we felt about these characters. Yeah. And Charlie, yeah. I think you included some stuff from later on, and Big definitely gets better later. Like, Sonic Team Racing Big is more enjoyable than Sonic Adventure Big. But right now, what we have is Sonic Adventure and Heroes, and those games both paint Big as the worst. The worst. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Knuckles a lot until about Heroes, and as the games continue, he goes down a rank in my brain. So I ranked him as if we haven't played anything after Sega Superstars. Yeah, yeah. that's the last. Well, it's actually Sonic Riders, but... Sonic Riders, yeah. Isaiah liked Knuckles before he started hanging out with Sonic. Yeah, and like, <laughs> hanging out with Sonic somehow made him dumber. Yeah. Which is saying something, because he got tricked by Eggman three times. So the thing is that Knuckles is, like, very impressionable. Yeah. Despite supposed to be, like, he's supposed to be this very, like, single-minded protector with a key duty, but somehow he's really gullible, which doesn't work together well. <laughs> no. And now he just has one person to be led by that will not lead him astray. And now now he's like a puppy. Yeah. He's like a like an angry puppy. He's like a chained dog, yeah. Yeah. He, he looks like a dog in the intro to Sonic Adventure 2 battle. Yeah, he freaking barks. Yeah. Yeah, he does bark. <laughs> so the next character... Rouge needs to keep him on a leash. So the next character... Sorry. <laughs> Edit out the part where you said sorry. Edit out the part where I said the thing I keep saying. Edit out this part and just make it so that your joke is funny. And now I will continue. <laughs> so the next character that we've got, yet again, it's Charmy. And he got 29 for both Isaiah and I, so he should be in the bottom three. But then Charlie comes at us with the putting him in 13th. <laughs> Not as big a deviation. 
Charlie, why do you like Charmy? It's a cool bug. <laughs> yeah, I like his design. He's kind of annoying, but like... Charlie, did you... say Sonic... Sorry, Shadow the Hedgehog, he's just like, I'm gonna hit this computer and boom, it works. I don't know. Hey, Shadow. Let me ask you something. <laughs> you find any top secret discs lying around? Yeah, do you remember that part? Maybe. I don't actually, like, I think that if you like him because of Chaotix, I think he works a lot better. But yeah. in Heroes and Shadow, his voice is just so grating that I can't even. Like, I guess voice acting is the other thing that Isaiah and I looked at that it seems you did not. Yeah. And it's it's tricky because Sonic Heroes, I complained about everybody is talking all the time. So if a character's voice is annoying, it's ten times worse. Yeah, that's why Tails being bad really hurts Sonic Heroes also. Like, there's yeah. an annoying there's an annoying member on every team but Dark, right? Yeah, pretty much. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Anyway, I think it's I think it's fine that Charmy did as well as he did. I think that he's got... There's a reason to like him where there is not for, like, Tails, Doll, and Storm. Yeah. But I do think that Charmy's voice really killed him for Isaiah and I. So the next, the 25th spot, belongs to Egg Robo. And the reason he's on this list is because he's playable in Sonic R, but he was present in Sonic 3, and he's kind of fun there, too. Yeah. I mean, he's... I, I like... There's a bit in Sonic 3 that I'm a fan of, which is that when you're playing as Knuckles, he's piloting all the mechs, so the Knuckles doesn't know that Eggman or Robotnik is behind the thing. Right, even though Egg Robo just looks like Eggman. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like that detail. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny that they pretend that, like, Knuckles can't... I mean, I guess it's not really pretending. He is actually too dumb to realize that that's Eggman, for sure. Yeah. Except in, like, the flying battery boss where it is Eggman because they didn't make a new sprite. Right. <laughs> also, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you can play as Egg Robo in the kart racing in Sonic Adventure 2. Like the Dreamcast version? Maybe via DLC, but you can unlock it as a playable character if you get all of... Oh, it's one of the A ranks? Rouge's uh, emblems minus A rank. Oh, snap. Because that's what you do for doing that in that game. Right, that's the unlock process. Well, that's cool. So, Charlie, you gave him your bottom spot, and that interests me. I just don't like his design. Like, yeah, it looks like Eggman, I guess, but it's just kind of... He is just a gray ball. I yeah. like the fact that he's got, like, really long, thin arms. That, that makes him sort of intimidating, because you have the very clear spot where you're supposed to hit him, but then... He's got, he's got a range that you do not have. I just like that in the Sonic R, he has a little gun. It's funny to me. To be fair, he also has a gun in Sonic 3. Right. In Sky Sanctuary, he pops out of a few places, and he's holding a gun, and he'll shoot you. Yeah, but there it like makes sense, but in Sonic R, he's the only person that walks around holding a pistol. <laughs> yeah. Does he have his gun in Sonic Adventure 2? I think so. It's like not even a moving model, it just kind of tilts. You know? Oh, like, it's got the walking tilt animation, but there's no movement, it just floats? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what Metal Sonic does, right? Yeah, but with Metal Sonic, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but this is literally just, like, I don't even think there's any motion whatsoever. Yeah, because Metal yeah. Sonic, like, like, bounces up and down to signify movement. Well, he also starts running, and then... Is it safe to call Metal Sonic a he? Might as well, right? He floats after running for a little bit, so there's a transition, whereas I imagine Egg Robo just is standing, and then, like, and then, like, just floats away. Sonic Adventure 2 also does not have any animation for moving enemies, like, at all. Look, man, they had to cut corners where they could. <laughs> I guess so. So, for 24, the next character that we've got 
is Ray the Flying Squirrel from Sega Sonic, if you can remember that far back. He's the the yellow squirrel man that hangs out with Sonic and Mighty. I personally like him more than Mighty. I find that interesting. Yeah. And I... Do you think that has anything to do with Sonic Mania? I think probably Sonic Mania had an influence. And I, like, in my brain I was trying to remove that influence, but I don't think it entirely worked. Yeah, you gave him 20th out of the 32, or sorry, 31 spots. I gave him 27, and Charlie gave him 23. So in this case, you're kind of the outlier. Yeah. He's pretty cool in Mania, but like, I don't like the way his hair kind of goes up in a little point. I really like the way his hair, like, he he doesn't have very long hair, like, he's got short hair, but also he didn't brush it. The thing is, for me, that makes that weird is that that's the way people draw, like, monkey hair in cartoons, and he's not a monkey. Yeah. Oh. He, I, I guess I don't really like his shade of yellow. Yeah, it's really, like, kind of, it looks like piss, kind of. <laughs> and, and I know his Archie design has that generic, like, three spike out of the front of the head thing, right. but I really like his design in that, but we're going purely by video games, so... Right, and I do think that, like, Sonic Mania had a heavy influence if you gave him the 20th spot, because there's a lot of stuff below 20th. I think so. <laughs> and that's okay, because I didn't specify... Well, let me look at my ranking real quick. Because I, I do think, I think Sonic Mania improved, like, is is the reason I like him more than Mighty, because I like the, the personalities that they that they give those characters. Well, and the mechanics are more interesting for Ray, because Mighty just gets a ground pound, which is kind of pointless. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, just just going based off personality, I I really like Ray's, but he doesn't have any in, in uh, Sega Sonic. Yeah, there's, they don't, neither of them have personality. And they don't have relationships with Sonic either. It's just, like, implied. The thing that bugged me, I think, the most about Sega Sonic was that none of their animations were any different in order to convey personality. They have different death animations. Yeah. Well, like, the way I see it is that you can see kind of their personality the way their eyes are shaped. Because compare, Mighty's got more of the... Like, Mighty and Ray are literally just kind of knuckles and tails in the way their eyes are shaped because right. Mighty's kind of the edgier one and Ray's kind of the yeah. fun-loving, possibly younger one. I get what you mean. I do think, though, that eye shape is not enough to define a character trait. <laughs> well, of course not, but, like, it's the little things that you can do in an arcade yeah. game like Sega Sonic. So that's Ray. Next up, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> Next up, in spot 23, we've got Bark the Polar Bear and... I think it's interesting that he's so far ahead of Bean, and that's just because he has a hat and a scarf. Which, I guess, is more character than Bean had. Right, like, that's why we like him, though, right? He looks really cool. He's also the grapple character of the fighters, so... He's a different body type than everybody else, and I think that makes him stand out the most. And he is a grappler, so his animations are really unique, and even though Bean has his bombs, and that's fun, I don't think that, like, adds enough to the world of Sonic, whereas Bark grabbing someone by the leg and slamming them into the ground over and over again is very funny. <laughs> it's something that can't happen in a regular Sonic game, and I think that makes it feel more interesting. Yeah. And then he's also just a cold boy, so that's good. He, he very much was designed for Sonic the Fighters, and he really works within Sonic the Fighters, but he also works as a character. Something else that's interesting is that Charlie and I, I gave him 17th, Charlie gave him 18th, you gave him 24th, and I find that interesting because you put Ray the Flying Squirrel above Bark the Polar Bear. So, I mean, first of all, like, I did forget Bark 
was a character. Yeah, that adds up. Like, very much in Sonic the Fighters, the animations are a lot more expressive than in, like, Sega Sonic. Right, or anything else before that point. But I do keep forgetting how expressive they actually are. Like, I, I forget that Bark stands out animation-wise, as well as, like, sort of character design-wise. And so, I just forgot when I was making the list that he has a sort of implied personality. Right. And so I was just I was just less interested in my perceived personality that he has than for that of like Ray. Right. And again, like it's the Sonic Mania thing. Yeah. Like even if even if you try to ignore like the gameplay and stuff, it's tainted your image of Ray forever. <laughs> yeah, like Sonic like Sonic Mania definitely did just make me like Ray a lot more than I should have. And there's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> Yeah, so that's Bark. He's really cool. He's a cold boy. He's a big bear. Next up, we've got number 22, and that is Wave, the Swallow. Now, here we've got a situation where Charlie gave Wave a higher number than I actually did, which kind of surprised me, because I didn't <laughs> anticipate that anyone would give a writer's character a higher score than me. It, it is weird, I agree, because I really don't like the Babylon Rogues that much, but if there's a character design I'll probably like, it's probably a girl's character design. Right, and Wave is a cool character design. She's got a shape that no one else does, her hair, like, is longer than anyone else's, which is interesting. Yeah, got that swallowtail, she got those hot pants. The hot pants. She's got fun glasses. And Isaiah gave her 23rd. Again, under Braid the Flying Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Look, even if even if I ignore Sonic Mania, the only thing I really like about Wave is that she's purple. She also roasts Tails and makes him act like a human being instead of just a little dumb kid, and I like that about her. <laughs> Anyone that can piss off Tails gets a thumbs up in my book, because Tails doesn't get pissed off from here on out. I vote Angry Tails as our number one character. <laughs> He's so good. He's so much better. Like, Passionate Tails is so much better than, I did it! <laughs> I did it, Sonic. Did you see me, Sonic? Wait, Sonic, don't get too far ahead of me because I can't keep up even though I used to be able to. Anyway, after that, we've got number... I can't respawn next to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> next, for the 21st spot, we've got Fang the Sniper slash Knack the Weasel. In this case, we just refer to him as Fang, though, because that's his canon name. And he, he got a higher spot because of me personally. I actually gave him the same exact spot that Charlie gave Big. I gave him my 11th spot, and you guys gave him 22nd and 20th. I think I think he sort of gets a lower score just because he's not really utilized. Yeah. I think that I gave him such a high score because he is very well utilized at the point in which he's relevant. Yeah. Because he is in three different games. Is it three or four? I'm pretty sure it's three. Because it's the game he debuts in. It's Sonic Drift and Sonic or Sonic Two specifically, and then it's Sonic the Fighters. And I think that in each of those games, his personality and his sort of like kit. Yeah, his, his gimmick. Yeah, is utilized really well. Like, the pop gun feels really good in Sonic the Fighters. Yeah. And it also makes more sense than most fighting games that have guns, because if you just shoot someone, they should die. But his is a pop gun. <laughs> his is a pop Curtis gun. Curtisstriker.jpg. So it's just like a slap in the face. Right. And he's also, like, he treats it like that. He literally slaps you in the face with his tail frequently, and he laughs a lot. He's very good. He's also got a big fang. Right, yeah, his face is very recognizable. He's got a nice head shape, and he has a fun hat. So that's my defense as to why I gave him the 11th spot. It's fair. I just, I don't know, it doesn't really appeal to me that much, and he is kind of annoying in the fighters. Yeah, I feel kind of the same way. Annoying? That's ideal. He's supposed to be annoying. <laughs> He's supposed to be a nuisance. Yeah, but, like, annoying isn't a positive feeling. Unless you're Jet the Hawk. Ha! 
I don't know. J Jet the Hawk is like like fun annoying. I think Fang is fun annoying. He just doesn't say anything. Yeah. I think that's what's maybe changing it is because the personalities for the earlier characters have to rely so much on you liking their design, basically. Yeah. Like if you like their design, you will fill in their character. <laughs> That's true. But I think that Fang did such a good job in Sonic Triple Trouble of being not an actual threat, but still being fun to fight, that I find it funny when he, like, goofs around. Because he's clearly not competent. And that's just not a thing that you get out of most video game characters at the time. Like, they don't really have... They, they just usually have an ability and a character design, but the fact that Fang is designed to not be as effective as humorous in some capacity. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because he like is threatening and also not very competent yeah which which is sort of like a, a very cool mix where he kind of is like a wannabe dick <laughs> well he is a dick he's just not a he's not a problem <laughs> yeah he's a nuisance he's annoying that's his whole bit he is a thorn in your side next up for spot 20 we've got tickle Tickle the Echidna. That's to, that's to call for the record. Yeah, she's the lady in Sonic Adventure that is an orange Echidna. Hey, who's who's editing this? Me. Yeah, can you can you put the first like three seconds of Tikal's theme uh, in this? Just the worst of Tikal's theme. Just play that. Just the like. <laughs> the one with the chants. Yeah, the the. Before the chants even come in. Oh, so the very beginning. Yeah, the the part that you hear a hundred thousand times, but never actually hear the rest of sure. the theme most of the time. In it goes. <laughs> Great, great. This podcast is now worse. You are welcome. <laughs> so Takala is interesting because she has, in our scores, I gave her 26th, Isaiah gave her 19th, and Charlie gave her 6th. So there's a lot of variation here. None of us agreed on where to put her. Oh, yeah. I really like Sonic's echidna designs. You're, you're... And she is also a girl. Yeah, I feel that. If we are going by design alone, I actually also like to call design a lot. I think that she is heavily underutilized, especially considering that for most of the game, she's a floating red dot. Yeah. Yeah, she only appears in everyone's story once except for Knuckles. But if for some reason you could play as Tikal in Sonic Battle, then that would be a much better character. Which, for all intents and purposes, should be possible in Sonic Battle considering chaos presence just just get a rom hack going right and i think that she would have a cool move set that would make her more interesting and she would have to talk to enroll which would make her more interesting oh i do like i do like her character design yeah it's really strong like visually i think it's great my problem is as plot relevant as she is in the game the only thing she really does is be nice and then die yeah she's a nice guy <laughs> cut that out <laughs> <laughs> which which I guess is the same it's the same thing that Maria does but like Maria's the human and it's way less likable because of that well to call is sort of like phrased as a sacrifice like she sacrifices herself a martyr is the word you're looking for a sacrifice makes it sound like she doesn't have agency which is bad <laughs> she she does have agency she also doesn't necessarily have connections to any character like she has a vague connection to knuckles yeah. I think she actually has a much stronger connection than Maria, because Maria is a random bullshit relative that we had. Like, Eggman didn't have a family until Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> yeah, but Shadow has a very personal connection to her. Right, but Shadow is also made up for Sonic Adventure 2, but the problem with 
like, or rather the solution with the call is that Knuckles always had a family history. Yeah. It just wasn't explored until Sonic Adventure. So I think that she actually fits in better than Maria does. I suppose, yeah. I would also like to say that Tikal has a strong connection with Chaos, specifically. And those two characters were written simultaneously. Yeah. And, like, that works. And I do think, to Steven's point, uh, Tikal does actually have agency within her own story, where Maria never does. Yeah, Maria doesn't even have lines in the first game, right? Maria has like six lines in in total in the game i don't remember any of them in sonic adventure 2 yeah i don't remember anything that she said please shadow do it for me for all the people on that planet give them a chance to be happy that's pretty much everything she says <laughs> that's fair i do think you're right though charlie that having Rhea tied to shadow makes her way more tolerable yeah but it's so it's weird because eggman's family is three people two of them look like eggman and one of them is a little girl <laughs> Yeah. To be fair, when she grew up, like, if she ever grew up, she might have looked like Eggman. Are we not going to count Mama Robotnik? No, we are not. Is, wait, is that a thing? <laughs> no, it's just, that's a thing in the TV show. Oh, okay, well then we also have to count, like, Snively and shit. Even though he's not related, he's like a human. He might be a nephew, I don't even know. I think he is a nephew. Yeah, I think he is a nephew. Yeah, he is related, never mind. And he also looks more like Eggman than Maria does, so. He does. Also, I think it's Snively. Snively. Oh, okay. I don't know. I have decided that it's Snively. All right. I mean, maybe Maria got the good genes. <laughs> From where? Where'd she get those genes? I don't know. The ones that weren't the ugly ones that he gave to Eggman. The Gap. She found, yeah, that's what, that was my joke. Thank you, Isaiah. JC Penny. Okay, let's go to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> next up, for number 19, we've got Metal Knuckles. And this is where we see a trend that I think will kind of carry on from here a couple different times, which is Metal Knuckles is Charlie's favorite character. You've got the number one spot. He got 23rd <laughs> and 26th for Isaiah and I, so he ratted off to 19. And that just adds up. Like, I think that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have this again a couple of times. But Metal Knuckles has a really cool design, so even if Charlie didn't have a bias here, I think it kind of makes sense that because Charlie was basing this mostly on design, that Metal Knuckles would rate high. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does make sense. Metal Knuckles has a very cool design. He's got that sharp look to him. He's got the nice white lines and stuff. He's got the crazy robo eyes. Is he the one that when he T-poses, his arms clip through his head? That's the one. I mean, I'm sure that happens for other characters, but yeah, that's the one we've seen. That's not great. <laughs> but it is, like, I think... I, I do think the idea of a character that is designed to move well in a certain way that is not traditional, like, I don't think that's bad. It's just very funny. Something I specifically like about his design is that Knuckles has his, what Isaiah refers to as Knuckles, right? But what are actually more, like, claws on the front of his hands. Yeah. Metal Knuckles has this, but it's actually his entire hand. Like, they just look like pincers. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool for a robot because it just takes what Knuckles has and blows it out of proportion. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it sort of exaggerates the already literal cartoon character design. Right. What do you like so much about Metal Knuckles, Charlie? Well, he's Knuckles, but he's a robot. <laughs> and scene. It's hard to argue with that. But, like, unlike Mecha Knuckles, where it's just a very... It's just Knuckles, but a robot, like, proportions and all. It's like a palette swap. Metal Knuckles kind of has that cool... Like, the dreadlocks aren't even, like, solid dreadlocks. They're, like, little flaps... Right. ...that I guess are aerodynamic, in a way. <laughs> right, they're like plain wings on his head. I like the sort of implied question mark after that word. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm not a, I'm not an aerospace engineer, so I don't know anything. But in addition to that, I'm going to like pull up an image of Metal Knuckles real quick. <laughs> he has those, he has the spike claws that, are, that adjust his hand. Yeah, and that's just cool. He's just, he's only taking the necessary piece of uh, design that is necessary for killing. He was not made to hold things. That is for sure. He was made to slice things with his fists. You know, it's always cool when you see. And, like, a lot of this does stem from Metal Sonic's, like, design principles and then just applying them to Knuckles. Yeah. Because he has an exhaust jet on the back of his back. <laughs> on his back. <laughs> that allows him to just kind of float and his hand, his feet kind of drag. And yeah. Yeah. So when I used to ride my bike, I, whenever I got really fast and I didn't have to go on the pedals, I would put my hand, I would put my feet backwards like Metal Sonic would in a Sonic Adventure 2 two-player. Yeah. Yeah, like rest them on the axle of the back wheel. No, nah, they would just kind of float, I guess. Like I didn't, I didn't rest them on anything. Just yeah. they're off the pedals and going backwards. That sounds difficult to do that for more than a few seconds. That's eh, not that bad. It's it's good exercise. <laughs> but and he's got the evil robot eyes that are also really cool. And he's knuckles, but a cool robot. It's like that picture of uh, that that yearbook meme. <laughs> knuckles, the cooler knuckles. <laughs> I like the way like robot versions of characters like the way the eye conventions are, which is that we'll just have a ring that is an eye color, and then we'll have black inside that, and yeah. that's it. Well, something I also really enjoy is, you know in the intro to Sonic Heroes, where you get like that close-up of Metal Sonic, where there's like there's lines going in his eyes? Yeah. So that they're each like an individual like yeah. pixel. Not pixel. It's like a CRT. It's a CRT monitor. Well, it's like a it's like a clock, you know? How yeah. they're all individual little lights that make up a number. Right. I think that that scene is really cool. So whenever I would draw Metal Knuckles or Metal Sonic, I'd always add that detail because that intro, that little piece of the Sonic Heroes intro is always stuck with me. Yeah. I also like how when they blink, their eyes just flash red. <laughs> Very good. I love Sonic R. Anyway, I think I've gushed about Metal Knuckles for long enough. Next up, in the 18th spot, we've got Mighty the Armadillo. Now, it's kind of funny to me. Mighty did better for Isaiah and I, but also Charlie gave him 7th. Like, Mighty got 22 and 21 for Isaiah and I, which are pretty close together, and then he got 7th for Charlie. So I think that, like, secretly, Charlie just really likes the red characters, because he also gave Charmy yeah, I was about to say. a really high rating. It's not my favorite color, but for Sonic characters, it really works. I'd agree with you. I think that it especially works for anyone related to Knuckles to have, like, these brighter, warm tones. Yeah. Because Takal being orange, also, it keeps her close to Knuckles, but it sets her apart, and I think that's good. And I also think that for, like, Patchamackle, Tackle, whatever, her dad, <laughs> he is, like, this really dark brown, but it's still in the warm spectrum of colors, and I think that that also helps him. Yeah. Yeah. What I also find cool about Mighty is because he's an armadillo, he has a shell that kind of encompasses his entire back. So it's very contrary to like almost any character where they'll have like hair or spikes coming out. It's just a round thing. Right. But he's still a mammal, so he has that nose and he has little ears coming out from under his shell. Mm -hmm. I also just like that he's named Mighty, which implies something that you can't really imply with the other names. Like he's strong. Tails. Yeah, Tails is just literally named after his body parts. Yeah. And so, so is Knuckles. Is Knuckles. And so is Fang. <laughs> yeah, whereas Mighty, it, it like Charlie said, it implies strength, which you can't really do in the game because he doesn't pick anything up, but it still adds to his character in a way that kind of works with your imagination. And like Charlie said, he's got that smooth shape that no other Sonic character has, and that just really sells him well. Yeah. 
Also, Ray doesn't really imply anything. Right. It's just a name. Yeah. I guess you could think of it as like a ray of energy. I suppose, but... I consider it... So, this might sound dumb, but I consider it like a vector. That's, that's a different diff character. That's a different character. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I knew you guys were going to make that joke. I consider it like, like a point in space and then a direction traveling from that point. Like a geographical ray. Because he is a flying squirrel, and he can just travel in that direction via gliding or whatever. Like, implicitly. as a. But unfortunately... But he cannot in gameplay. <laughs> yeah, in gameplay, until later on he can't do yeah. that. And even, even in gameplay, in Mania, that is not the way his ability works. <laughs> Unlike Vector, who actually does shoot in a direction. <laughs> Much better named. Yeah. So, yeah, Mighty, I think Mighty's really cool for the two games that he's in. He also gets two games, so I feel like that right away just promotes him above Ray, that we just get to see him more. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Now, that is, if I understand, if I understand the graph correctly, the next character, no, I don't understand the graph, because that's 34. <laughs> so where, where's the halfway line? What number is that? That would be 16? There technically isn't a halfway line, because it's an odd number. It would be 15 or 16. Right, it's between 16 and 15. Yeah, okay, interesting. But on the top of the bottom half, we have... Sonic the GD Hedgehog. Yeah. He couldn't even make it into upper 50% of his own franchise characters. This is why I can't play a Sonic game if, there, if I can't play as anyone besides Sonic. I think I have him as, like, the, the top third in my list. No, each of us had him listed at almost exactly the same point. He has 16 for me, 16 for Charlie, and 15 for you. Oh, yeah. We all agreed that Sonic just barely broke the top half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because of the sort of skew that we ended up with, he's lower than that. Because of the way math works, he got pushed under. Yeah. Yeah, I would... I would say he sets the standard for average character quality. Yeah, I think he has just enough personality and just enough good design. Yeah. He also is the template for a Sonic character. <laughs> yeah. And I think that might be why might be why he's relatively less interesting because he is the template, you know? Yeah, the reason I put him low personally is because I do like his design but only as much as I like any given character's design. And I think that he deserves the sort of respect of not being in the bottom half. Yeah. But his character does nothing interesting or unique enough to get him any higher than that for me. Yeah. What's your favorite part of Sonic, Charlie? Hmm. Is it the blue? Is it the quills? Is it those funny little ears? It is a nice blue, especially in the modern interpretation, but... Is it the soap shoes? The, the soap shoes. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Sonic with soap shoes, does he rank higher? Sonic with all of his abilities from Adventure 2 ranks way higher. Yeah, but I have to like, have a generalized approach to how Sonic is. And... Right, and that's that's what I was thinking of too. I think my problem with Sonic is that he has a personality that lends itself to writing where he does something interesting, but then he just never does anything interesting because the plot always involves other more interesting characters, and he is just a right. vehicle for change within that situation. I also think that his character is good for other people interacting with. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think he works really well in Sonic Battle where he's just hanging out with people. Yeah. Like, like Sonic Adventure is about to call in Chaos, and also Gamma, kind of. Um, but mostly... And Knuckles, by extension. Yeah, but mostly it's to call in, in Chaos, and then Sonic is, is just like, oh, I'll just collect the Chaos Emeralds so that the plot can happen. 
And then Sonic Adventure <laughs> 2 is about Shadow and uh, Professor Gerald Robotnik. And then Sonic is just, oh, I'll, I'll stop them from collecting the Chaos Emerald so that the plot can happen. You know, like, he never does things that it would be cool to see him do. Like, like he, he definitely has character flaws. It's just that they've never, ever, ever been relevant to the story yeah. at any point. So he might as well not have those character flaws. They are relevant in Sonic Battle, though. The best written Sonic game. That's unfortunately true. Because he, like, imparts them on Emerald, and that's the <laughs> coolest thing to watch. Yeah. Also, in Sonic Battle, he has some degree of agency. Yeah. Like, everyone teaches something to Emerald, so it makes the game better by proxy. I think that that's really the only time that we see most of the actual pros and cons of every character in one context. Something I'm really fascinated by, which is never really explored, is that it's it's often indicated that Sonic doesn't really care about uh, what is good or evil. Like, the, the lyrics to It Doesn't Matter literally says it, it doesn't matter who is wrong or who is right. Like, uh, which is a little on the nose, but I think it sort of implied that Sonic doesn't care about good or bad he just cares about, like, excitement and challenges. He is, like, the win. Yeah, like, he'll be like, I'll stop Eggman from taking over the world because it would be hard to do. Yeah, like, and he also does that because Eggman is his rival. Yeah, Eggman, Eggman, like, doesn't like Sonic, and because of that, Sonic wants to take him down, like, out of spite. But out of, like, out of cool spite. Yeah, and... Like, just to flex. <laughs> The way I interpret Sonic as seeing it is that Eggman is the force of industry, right? Yeah. And I think Sonic is opposed to that. So Sonic represents nature and Eggman represents industry. And even if industry would solve problems for the world, Sonic can't stand that because it goes against nature. And he is nature yeah. by nature. I would love to see Sonic make stupid decisions because of the way that he is. Yeah. And there to be consequences. But that never happens. Yeah, yeah. It, it is unfortunate. And that's that's why he's not higher on the list. Yeah. I do think, though, that his being the win thing, and we don't really get a lot of that until... Th there's a game... When do they call him the win? Because there's one game in the Dreamcast era that does it, right? Is it Riders? Maybe. I know Sonic and the Black Knight does it. Yeah, every time you said he's the win, <laughs> I just think Knight of the Wind. Yeah. Well, and that game, like, paints it really loud. No, it's uh, Sonic Rush. They call him the win, right? Because Cheese... Or, sorry, Cream... Not Cheese. Cheese is not talking that game. <laughs> Cream says that Sonic is like the wind when she's describing him to Blaze, right? Oh, yeah. I do remember this. Yeah. That would make sense. Also, in Sonic Adventure 2, he has a move called Sonic Wind. Yeah, but having a move is a little different from... <laughs> I, yeah. I know. Okay. But it is worth bringing up. Yeah, it, it is worth acknowledging. And there's also Windy Valley and other stuff where wind is noted and Sonic runs around. So, like, wind has been a thing in Sonic before. Yeah. But I think that the bit where Sonic is the concept of nature and that he is driven by only his sort of intuition is cool. Yeah. So the next character, number 16, we've got Cream the Rabbit and or Cheese. Cheese is included. It's a it's a package deal. Yeah, they're, they're much more bundled both in narrative and in our list than Big and Froggy. Yeah. I wanted to rank them lower. Like, I think I think before the podcast, my opinion of them was like, oh, yeah, they're fine. They're like babies or whatever. Uh, but then literally the Sonic Advance animations <laughs> sold me. Yeah, their animations in that game. I think you were more used to them in Heroes, yeah. and that maybe dropped your opinion of them, but in Sonic Advance 2 and 3, they are very cool. They're very cool. They're very expressive. Like, that's the, the biggest thing 
is that you get a very clear sense of their personality just from their interactions in within gameplay. I also love this idea. So Cream's mom is kidnapped in the first game yeah. that she appears in, and that gives her a reason to actually do things that no other character really has, yeah. and that is interesting. And then in Sonic Rush, she isn't a playable character, and she's not taking actual personal action because her mom is safe. Yeah, yeah, it's a good bit. So she just hangs out with Blaze and invites her over and is just a fun friend. I also really like in Sonic Battle, Cream is like, I do not want to fight because I do not want to hurt people like yeah like i will continue to be in danger and risk myself getting hurt because i don't want to hurt other people and then she learns from emerald that self-defense is okay right and i really like that it's also cool that she just hangs out with amy <laughs> yeah possibly against her will <laughs> <laughs> well like it's just clear that cream is the definition of a friend yeah even down to the point where even if no one else is on screen with her she always has a friend yeah yeah because she's never without cheese and i think it's neat that friendship is like that built into her character yeah also her head is very cool shaped yeah. yeah, she has the, uh... She's got the floppy ears. Yeah, she's got the floppy bunny ears, which is nice, instead of just the ones that just go up and outwards. Right. And I'd probably prefer it this way. She also has, like, a different head pattern, right? It's not just a flat color. Yeah, she's got she's got different colors in the head. Yeah, she's got a little orange in the cream color. Yeah, it looks nice on the Game Boy Vance. She has a nice, conservative little dress that one would expect from a little girl. Right, it paints her as, like, someone's daughter more. Yeah. Honestly, she should probably be higher on this list the more I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave her 7, Isaiah gave her 13, and Charlie gave her 25. Yeah, that was very mean. I, I, I guess I don't like her design that much, but she has a lot of good personality to her. Yeah, and even if you don't like her design, it's like the animations that sell it. Because I'm not super into her design yeah. other than her head shape. But because of the, like, hopping up and down and the high fives and the being sad in Sonic Battle sometimes. Yeah. She expresses more emotion than most Sonic characters do and a wider range of emotions. I think that that's what makes her really interesting narratively. Yeah. So next up, for our 15th spot, and this kind of adds up to me, it's Espio. It's Espio. I rated him much lower than you guys did. I put him at 20, and I think that's because of Sonic Heroes and Shadow the Hedgehog, where he takes a backseat a lot. Yeah. But his design is very, very cool. He has a great head shape. Yeah. I like that in Sonic Heroes, they play up the ninja aspect. Yeah, I'd agree. With the shurikens and the turning invisible. Well, it also works into his personality. Like, he's a very uh, cautious person. Yeah. Right, and he's quiet. And, and we don't see a lot of cautious, quiet people in Sonic. Right. We see a lot of loud people yeah i think that at this point like after we get to sonics on the list any of these characters could be considered great characters. oh yeah i would agree with that and i think we did a good job of honestly i really wish that fang were up here <laughs> but other than that i think everyone in our bottom 20 or so makes sense being down there and everyone in our top 16 makes sense being up yep. there Poor Fang. Poor Fang. He would have been so much higher on the list if we did this for the first season. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say that I wasn't the biggest fan of Espio when I was younger, but he's definitely grown on me as of late. I think it's because when you were younger, you had a lot of energy and you were attracted to loud characters. And now that you are older, you've simmered down and you can appreciate the subtleties of a quiet character. And also, louder characters are more prone to wearing you out than they used to be. There's also the whole bit where Espio is very unique in the way that he doesn't constantly shout things. <laughs> He's surrounded by idiots. 
That's that's, that's true. probably the weirdest thing about Team Chaotix in Sonic Heroes is that Espio is a very quiet, reserved, actual ninja, and he's surrounded by Vector the Crocodile and Charmy B. Yep. Possibly the two most obnoxious Sonic characters, not necessarily in a bad way, although in Charmy's case, definitely in a bad way. Espio's <laughs> ability to cling to walls is also very understated. Oh yeah, yeah. The fact that he can just stick to things is really cool. Like, Knuckles can kind of do that too in Sonic 3 and other iterations, but the way that Vector does... God damn it. The way the SBO. I tried so hard to not say the wrong character's <laughs> name, and there were four names that came up. <laughs> the way that SBO clings to the wall by just holding a hand to it is more interesting to look at animation-wise. Yeah. And when you add that to the triangle jump from Sonic Heroes, I feel like he's the only character that actually looks cool while triangle jumping. Yeah. I agree with that. And he's the only one who can actually cling to walls when doing the move. Yeah. Right. Everyone else just falls off, but he can stick there for a while, and that's really fun. I also like just climbing on ceilings as him in Sonic, Ka Sonic Chaotix. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Knuckles Chaotix. No, I agree. I agree. He's a good guy. He also does lots of funny things in Sonic the Fighter. Like, he has his tongue punch. That's hilarious. Yeah, and you can use that against him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can pull his tongue out and smack it into his head. That's <laughs> That stuff is amazing. But yeah, that's our takes on Espio. Next up, we've got number 14, and it's Dr. Eggman Robotnik. Dr. Eggman slash Robotnik. Dr. Ivo Eggman Robotnik. Yeah, there you go. I might be... I don't remember where you guys placed him. I really like Eggman. I had him kind of low. I probably the lowest compared to you guys. But you two were pretty... Yeah, because his design isn't amazing for the entire duration. It also changes a lot. Yeah. His design does change. I think he's a character that the longer he's on screen, or, or the farther we get into games, the more I like him. Yeah, I think that he works, though. I think that because of... The industry versus nature thing, Eggman just always works. Yeah, Eggman yeah. definitely always works. I think he becomes more fun to see on screen as time goes by. Especially the turning point is Sonic Adventure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Because in that game, he also has, you know, not much competition in that game. Yeah, and also, as soon as Mike Pollock becomes the voice actor, which, is that Sonic Heroes? No, that begins with Shadow the Hedgehog. Shadow the Hedgehog. Well, I guess Sonic Rush technically. Oh, yeah. And Sonic X if you're really going to go into it, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as Mike Pollock becomes the voice actor, uh, Knuckles, Eggman, like, skyrockets in funness. But he's always, like... He's he's still always fun, especially when he's, like like, shouting triumphantly in Sonic Adventure. Yeah. So, Charlie, what do you think specifically about his design kept you from putting him higher? So, I was thinking about this. I'm not really a big fan of his classic design, for one thing. Just the complete circle? Yeah, and just kind of the, the clothing choice in general. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the weird triangles. Honestly, Sonic Boom might have the best Eggman design. He looks kind of like an aviator in that, right? Yeah. And he kind of does, he also does that, kind of has that look in... Sonic, Sonic Riders. Riders, yeah. But, and this probably goes for a lot of characters, but, like, it's really hard for me to think of an Eggman that's outside of the Sonic Adventure 2 look where it just is perfect. Yeah, I think the Sonic Adventure 2 look is very good. He looks kind of like a conductor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, he also has, like, those goggles, which he actually uses in that game. They stick with that design afterwards, right? Right. Well, that's in Sonic Adventure, but it looks more refined in Sonic Adventure 2. But moreover, you know, because I did this from mostly a design perspective, it's just kind of uninteresting to have a human surrounded by all these cool, like, robots and animals. Right. Even though it is stylized in a way that kind of makes sense within the universe. Yeah, like he definitely looks more like a Sonic character than Maria does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. At least until we get to 06. 
<laughs> oh boy. Well, that's a that's a hefty can of worms. Yeah. I would agree with you though that his older designs are not as interesting. I think that almost the triangles on his chest look better on Egg Robo because Egg Robo is a robot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whereas on Eggman, they just look kind of out of place. Like, no one would wear triangles in real life. Especially not a person who is as function over fashion as Eggman should be. I think those are supposed to be a collar. Don't they come from the belt to, like, the, the neck? I don't... I mean, I'm Googling... I'm Google imaging right now, and they don't, actually. Oh, where are they at? They're, they're like, a little over halfway. Like, it's still a huge collar. So weird. It is. It's very weird. But yeah, Eggman. He got really high for me. Got really high. Wow. <laughs> he made it very high on my list. <laughs> Doctor Robotnik's like artwork, also like classic Eggman. They always give him really uncomfortable teeth. Oh yeah, you're right. I really like the image. The only time I like old Eggman is the image where he has his arms spread out and he's <laughs> looking kind of like up into the side. Yeah, and his mouth is wide open, and you can see 400 feet uh, teeth. 400 feet in his mouth. 400 feet of teeth. Like, it's like a little, it's a little scary, his face. I like the idea of him being a showman, I think, yeah. is what I like. I, I think that does make sense. Yeah, he's got this outfit where he looks, he's just a circle in the first iteration, but then he's a conductor in his second iteration, and I think, in part, that's the case for some of it. I, I think his first iteration is sort of, he's meant to be, like, the owner of a circus. Yes, and I like that, because the robots match that. They're all, like, based on animals, and they're colorful. Yeah. And I also just love the circus aesthetic. Like, any video game that has a segment that's based on circuses, I'm just all on board. Yeah. And then you have the, uh, the cartoon design of Robotnik. Which is way more questionable. <laughs> Which is not relevant for our list, but it's really, really different. Very different. I think that the thing that got Eggman so far on my list was just his interactions with different characters. He always pushes everyone's buttons, and he's very manipulative in a cool way. Yeah. And he just represents industry and, like, aggressive growth, which is kind of yeah. the opposite of Sonic, so that works really well. It always makes sense that Sonic wants to fight him. They're very good rivals. Yeah, for sure. So for 13, our next number on the list, we've got Jet the Hawk. Now this is another big discrepancy. He's my second favorite character. He is Isaiah's number 10. So he still broke the top 10, which is pretty good. And then he's Charlie's 28th favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> he is across the spectrum. 28 is the, like, fifth to bottom spot. <laughs> he is across the spectrum. <laughs> I've already talked at length about why I like Jet the Hawk so much. And Charlie, I feel like you've already gotten a chance to say why you don't like him that much, right? I believe so. And Isaiah, yeah. you still think that he's kind of cool, just not as cool as I think he is? Yeah, like I, I definitely see why you like him. And I think in story, he's very, like, he's the most interesting part of that game's story, in my opinion. And that's, that's why I gave him the number 10 spot. It also helps that that's so fresh in your mind, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that the cool thing about Jet is just, again, like Eggman, he so well represents a rival for Sonic. Because he is actually the wind, like he's even more the wind than Sonic is. <laughs> yeah. Because he can fly, he is green, he is a bird, and he's also just a big asshole. <laughs> I can't overstate that scene enough where he and Sonic see each other literally eye to eye. Yeah. Like, that's such a good moment in the game. So for number 12, we've got Metal Sonic. And I'm kind of surprised. I put him pretty low. I put him at 13, and that's largely because he doesn't have much of a personality. It's still fun to watch him fight Sonic, but he doesn't say anything, obviously. And then once we get to Sonic Heroes, his character is much, much worse. <laughs> 
But I kind of tried to ignore that, honestly. I think his character design is worse, but I, I kind of like his writing. You mean where he turns into Eggman and then is a creepy, weird, like, gross water boy? Like, I think, no, that's why I'm saying his character design is worse because he does those things. No, that's his writing too. <laughs> his writing is still Web Boy Eggman. I guess so. I don't I don't know if I like that that wording. <laughs> You're not supposed to. That's why it's bad. He's sort of this like like malfunctioning robot, but like malfunctioning in a way that causes logic gaps. But we've had so much cooler iterations of that in Sonic already. Yeah, I don't know. We we don't really see that as an antagonist, though. We don't need to. It doesn't need to be evil. Like, that's the, that's the thing that's cool about Gamma, is that he's not evil. Yeah, like, you're right, for sure. And that's the thing that's cool about Beta, because Beta malfunctioned, and that, like, caused him to want to be stronger. And that's cool for an antagonist, but Metal Sonic just... He doesn't have any motivation. Like, why is he doing the things he's doing? That's fair. His trench coat's cool, though. He's got a cool trench coat. I think he looks kind of cool in Heroes. Like, when he turns into a dragon, yeah, that's a no-deal, but... Right, well, and also being Wet Boy Eggman. Right. But also, to build off of what I've said about Metal Knuckles, like, Metal Sonic is just a really cool, kind of simplistic design of what Sonic is. Like, he doesn't have six spikes, he just has three spikes. Right. Although, I guess it is five in Heroes, but we're going to disregard that. <laughs> and they're, like, they're not even, like, solid tips. They're, like, they're kind of, like, metal plates that hu kind of hug around his round head. Yeah, they're slightly different shaped. Mm -hmm. And he has, like, these very distinct joints and he's got he's got hands he's like he's got like three fingers and a thumb yeah or maybe four fingers and a thumb i like his hands because they have little ball joints for the knuckles yeah yeah and he just he, you know he has that jet and like i also like he has the the big circle exhaust like or air intake i think yeah, yeah. just some robotic bit on his chest yeah. I think he has the strongest design out of any Sonic-based robot. I think that, like, Mecha Sonic stands a chance, but I do believe that you're right that, like, yeah. it looks really good. I think Mecha Sonic, like, there's a there's a debate there because Mecha, Mecha Sonic has things that Metal Sonic doesn't, which is he is much larger than Sonic. Yeah, he's intimidating. And that, com yeah, that combined with his shape makes him extremely intimidating. But that also makes him sort of ineffective as a Sonic clone. But let's be real, like, the thing about Metal Sonic that sells him is that animation in Sonic Boom of him and Sonic running along Stardust Speedway. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, nothing else is going to sell you on Metal Sonic better than that hand-drawn animation. Yeah. Well, let's not also forget the, the in-game animation of him copying Sonic's finger wag. Oh, yeah, I love that. Like, when he's being projected from the little machine? Yeah. Yeah. He also, he also does it right before the race, I believe. I think he does, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really cool because like they make him they make him a narrative and mechanical mirror to Sonic by having him show up throughout the game doing what Sonic does, and then also the boss fight against him is a race, which is the thing Sonic is best at. Yeah, right. And it works so much better than any other metal copy that's been introduced. Yeah, right. Or mechanical, I should say. Because he's also promoted in the game. He's not just a random boss that shows up the way that Silver Sonic and Mecha Sonic are. Yeah. He's also playable in a lot of games, which helps. Like, it's clear that Sega understands that he's a fan favorite. Yeah, for sure. Right. And although we haven't talked about this, the Sonic OVA really kind of shows the cool little rivalry they have yeah. as, like, a little duality. Yo, the Sonic OVA, like, might be my favorite iteration of Metal Sonic. But, yeah. And I, I tried really hard not to let that infect my rating. <laughs> 
but it is really cool. Metal Sonic is cool anyway. Like, I gave him, Charlie and I both gave him kind of low spots. I gave him 13, Charlie gave him 19, and you gave him 7. Yeah. But I think that it makes sense where he's at on our list. For sure. I don't even think I would be on any given Sonic fans list if he made the top 10. I don't think that would be, like, wrong. Yeah. But next up, in a peculiar upset, our number 11 <laughs> is E... How would I... Is it E123 or E123? E123. Because in the song, they say E123. Oh, really? I think E123 is probably the better way of doing it. It's Omega. It's Omega. It's the guy from Heroes. Now, Charlie gave him number four. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is this just because he's Gamma again? He's he's Metal Gamma. <laughs> he's... he's Gamma again. And, okay, I'm going to be honest. I am also including his appearance in 06 and Team Sonic Racing. Right. Well, I've just been playing as, like, when I was making the list, I was playing a lot of Team Sonic Racing. Oh, yeah. And playing as Omega a lot. And he is a much just cool robot. Like, he doesn't really sell himself a lot in the two games we have played with him. Right. But, so basically, I'm cheating. <laughs> I would say my biggest problem with Omega is that he doesn't really have a good reason to hate Eggman. Right, it's the same as with Neo Metal Sonic. It's just like, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah, like it very much was like, oh, well, people really liked Gamma, and we can't bring him back because he friggin' blew up. Like, <laughs> we're, we can't do the shadow thing. We cannot get away with that. So we'll just make a new Gamma that is Gamma 2 named Omega, and then we'll just make him also hate Eggman by pure coincidence. Right. I do, though, I like his design a lot. I like his metal joint fingers yeah that look like claws they're very intimidating his big wrists are intimidating his huge like shape is intimidating yeah i would say character character design wise he is cooler than gamma but he just doesn't yeah. narratively he just isn't doesn't make the mark honestly i probably should have put him lower but i guess i was such on a on a kick sonic team racing high yeah. <laughs> having the omega symbol on his shoulder also helps Oh yeah, for sure. That's that's branding, baby. Yeah, I wish that some of the other robots did that instead of having like Dreamcasts on them. Well, they just have their numbers, which is fine enough, I guess, because that's their model number. Right. Yeah. The Omega symbol, I think, definitely makes him a better or more identifiable. Like he he feels more unique, and he's the last of his line, basically, because Omega is the last number of the alphabet. I said number. <laughs> <laughs> He has, like, the Knuckles effect going, where there will never be another E-Series robot like that. Yeah. So that's E-123 Omega. E-123 Omega. That's Omega. Next up, <laughs> we're breaking into the top ten, and here we've got your boy Vector. Vector the Crocodile. Now, why do you guys like Vector? I like him because he is shaped like a donut in Sonic Chaotix. God damn it. <laughs> Knuckles Chaotix. It's Sonic Chaotix. I like his headphones. I like his, like, music theming. He's also a croc, which is great. I do really like the fact that when you jump in Knuckles Chaotix, he is a donut. Like, that's really fun. What about you, Charlie? See, I'm not big on Vector as much as I used to be because I guess I wasn't into the just giant green crocodile thing. But he's definitely a great character, and this is going to be a very half-assed promotion you should go face you should go follow <laughs> at team chaotix biz on twitter vector the ace defective he's funny i also know the people running the account but you didn't hear that from me i mean <laughs> but like he he is a very like he is the leader of the team you know him well <laughs> and it, it's really cool in sonic heroes where it's shut up isaiah where most characters that are the leader are speed types 
but Vector is definitively the leader, and he's a he's a businessman. He's a man of business. Yeah. Loves money. He runs a detective agency, and he likes music. He he has so much personality just oozing out of his design, and it's great. He's also got big teeth, which is good because no other Sonic character, like <laughs> maybe Fang, but even he only has one. But Vector's just got like a huge <laughs> set of chompers. So, so it goes, uh, in the teeth department, the number one spot is Vector, and then the number two spot is Fang, because he has the one big tooth, yeah. and then everybody else comes after that. And then it's Eggman. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has entirely square teeth. <laughs> Next up, for the number nine spot, we've got Emerald. Emerald the Robo. Emerald's strength is really that he is the most dynamic character. Because he like his whole bit is that he grows as a person as he becomes more powerful. Yeah, it turns out that it's really easy to write character growth when you have seven defined points that your character has to grow to. <laughs> I, yeah, I, that's a fair way to put it. The reason Emerald is so high is because he is my number one favorite character of the Sonic franchise, probably still to date. Mm -hmm. He got 14 and 22 for Isaiah and Charlie, respectively. And I think that makes sense, because he's only in one game, and he, if you don't, if you haven't spent your entire life loving every animation that he does, I can see why he might not be your favorite <laughs> character. That's fair. But I've talked at length about why I like his design. I think it's a great blend of organic and robotic, and I think that it's not expressive, and in that way it is an advantage because he expresses himself through fighting instead of through his looks. Yeah. And also, the particular moves that he chooses are expressive in different ways because they reflect the characters that he's learned from. Right. Like, he can have Amy's idle animation, which is just sort of bouncing back and forth and waving his hands. Or he can have Sonic's idle animation, which is leaning forward and getting ready to fight. And that's super fun. Yeah. What do you think of Emerald, Charlie? I mean, he's definitely a very dynamic character. I've been very torn with how he looks. Yeah. I, I don't really know what else to say, but he, you are right with how his animations with different moves definitely bring out the best and how he can vary. I would say, regarding how he looks, I like his design except for his color palette, but then you can change his color palette. Yeah, I think that's on purpose. And and once you change his color palette, it's a lot better. It's also it's just not that bad right away either. Like it's not yeah. a, it's not the best color design of any Sonic character, and it's not saturated, but it yeah. makes him look like he's old, and that's cool. That's true. I just don't like orange. Take that cream. I just, Get out of I here. just don't like orange. <laughs> Get out of here, Tikal. I just don't like orange. But Isaiah. Yeah. Orange is the new black. Dun dun dun. So next on our list. <laughs> I guess that means I don't like Shadow the Hedgehog either. What? Because he's... <laughs> Next on our list is number eight, <laughs> which is Tails. Tails. Now, Tails... The Fox. Boy, Tails. He was so cool. <laughs> he used to be... I, I do think, like, I don't have nearly as much of a problem as, as you, Steven, do with the way his character has been, like, just destroyed. But I do get it, for sure. I think that if this took place, if this vote of ours took place any further, and I were treating games like Sonic Colors and Sonic Unleashed as being part of this list, Tails would be much lower for me. I gave him 12. He would have yeah. been in the top 10 if it were only Sonics 1, 2, and 3. Oh, yeah. And I, I love the idea of him being a little kid that is still capable and tries to chase Sonic because he's like this third component that's engaged in the rivalry of Eggman and Sonic. He's not actually interested in fighting Eggman necessarily, 
He just wants to be able to aspire to the just raw power of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna bring up a fan game which I know like doesn't count, but it just like. <laughs> This fan game gets it, which is, I think it's Sonic before the sequel. There's a cutscene where Tails is trying to get through clouds and he can't do it. And then he learns how to spin his tails and those propel him forward. And then he's like, oh, well, this just lets me go faster. (laughs) And like, that's such a good bit because like that shows what's cool about Tails is that he is clever, clever enough to figure out how to be faster than he normally should be. Yeah, what he racks, but what he lacks in <laughs> raw talent, he makes up for in his intelligence. Yeah. And that's the cool part about Modern Tales is obviously that he's more of an inventor, and that's really cool. I don't want to discredit that, but I think that him... I make fun of him for having the phrase Wait Up Sonic as being his entire character personality from here on out, and I do think that that is troublesome because it sort of just keeps him from being able to grow because every game he resets to Wait Up Sonic. Yeah. What's your what's your ups and downs about Tails, Charlie? The up is that he isn't Sonic. Yeah, for sure. But you know, because I would always like try to play as Tails whenever I could. But then Knuckles existed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I already found the better Tails that is already the better Sonic. Yeah. However, something, something, <laughs> Tails. He is very cute. Like I definitely love him in Sonic Three. Yeah, his design is really good. I love his character growth in Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, which unfortunately kind of goes down a bit afterwards, especially with the voice acting changes he's gone through. Well, see, I like his character development, but every game it resets, so it doesn't even matter. Well, I actually, you know, I I was the one who made that point, but I think that in the case of Sonic Adventure to Sonic Adventure 2, it kind of doesn't. I think that he's just as competent in Sonic Adventure 2 as he is by the end of Sonic Adventure, but then after that, it starts resetting. Because in Sonic Adventure 2, he does things on his own without help, which he didn't have the confidence to do in Sonic Adventure 1. Yeah, it's almost like Sonic is too preoccupied with Shadow the Hedgehog, so (laughs) Tails is the one that has the, like, death rivalry with Eggman. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually really good. And then he thinks Sonic is dead, and he's like, well, now I have to be the new Sonic. Yeah, that's actually a really cool... I think that's maybe the best use of Wait Up Sonic that we've had so far. Yeah, I have to be the new Sonic, cock shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he does. He's like, all right, well, Eggman killed Sonic, so I guess I'm going to kill Eggman. It's the only way to end this cycle. (laughs) What a good bit. (laughs) It's good. But yeah, you're right, Charlie. Tails being cute definitely helps sell him in a world of, like, cool characters. Yeah. Next up, we've got number seven, which is Blaze the Cat. The alternate universe Big the Cat. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get over that bit. Now, what do you like so much about Blaze, Isaiah? Because you put her at number four. I put her at number four. So, I like the, the sort of narrative bit that she has. It's also the reason that I like Knuckles, actually, which is that... She feels responsible in a way that she refuses to share with other people. Like, she's like, I have to do this thing. The universe or my ancestors need me to do this, and I I will not let myself let somebody else do it on my behalf. Right. I can't trust anyone unless they're a fat man. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't... <laughs> yeah. Who, who says that I can't trust Sonic for some reason. Right. She's not as dumb as Knuckles. No, she's not as dumb as Knuckles, and that's great. 
but she's like, I have a responsibility, and I can't work with someone else to do it because I can't depend on them. I have to be so aggressively self-sufficient that it will cause problems. I'm just really into that archetype. Yeah, I like it too. I think that another interesting element is that... And it's gone. <laughs> something, something that she does in her game that Knuckles doesn't ever do in his most interesting version of this is that she learns that she can let somebody help, you know? Right. She and Sonic do eventually work together, which... Knuckles, that just, that character resolution just never occurs. Yeah, I also think another thing, the thing I forgot when I was trying to say it out loud, was <laughs> that she is not as headstrong and aggressive as Knuckles is. She yeah. seems interested in Sonic, not angry at him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> She's more distrusting than, like, knuckle-headed. Yeah. Dun-dun, done. Alright, that's the end of the podcast, you got. <laughs> What I find kind of interesting is that I actually put Blaze, like, exactly one place below Sonic. Yeah, I saw that too. And it just made me think, well, I guess I like Sonic's design a bit more than Blaze. Blaze has a great character design, but... Guys, it's, she's purple. She is purple, but it's a light purple, and I don't like it that much. <laughs> I must admit, I actually like Big's purple more than Blaze's. Ooh. But I don't no know. other component of big is good, so Blaze obviously wins the purple fight. Also, when she spins, there's fire. We're not trying to take that away from you. <laughs> no, Blaze is super cool, and I think it kind of makes sense that she's one point behind Sonic because she's just not quite as iconic, but she fills the same role. I do feel that, yeah. She's like 100% the protagonist of Sonic Rush. Yeah, and also it's, it's funny to see that Blaze is like the opposite of Sonic. Where he is as free as the wind, she is, like, so self-restricted. Yeah, she, much like Knuckles, is a rock. Like, they're both rocks. Yeah. Even though she's actually fire, which is not... I, I would say that Knuckles more represents fire than she does, which is interesting. Yeah. Even though Knuckles is associated with rocks, whether they're shiny or in the ground. I would agree, Knuckles is fire and Blaze <laughs> is a rock. <laughs> Next up, we've got number six, Chaos, the god of destruction. <laughs> Chaos, the god of destruction. You fool. Who knows nothing? <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that Chaos won because he's a wet boy? He is wet boy. a wet boy. He is also the cool shade of blue. Yeah, like like all good wet boys are. Like all... <laughs> Chaos works for a number of reasons. I think narratively, he falls off a little bit just because the writing in Sonic Adventure is not amazing. Yeah, but he's helped because he doesn't have a voice actor. <laughs> yeah, like that definitely, the fact that he doesn't talk helps him immensely. I like the way that Sonic's, if Sonic has one weakness, it is water. Just mechanically, that is yeah. highly true. And Chaos just is water. Yeah, he's also water, like, narratively, because he is shaped by the world around him. Yeah. He is tainted by that world as well, like the ocean is. And he is a force of destruction when things get too chaotic. Forgive the pun. Yeah. So that's kind of neat that now I'm realizing a lot of Sonic characters are just elements. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that's a good point. He also is the first time the Chaos Emeralds have felt individually valuable. Yeah, which is a very, very good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the strongest points of Sonic Adventure for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite part about Chaos, the god of destruction, Charlie? <laughs> 
Well, it's interesting. He has that kind of basic Sonic character shape. Right. But he isn't an animal. Yeah. It's just this collection of water that has a brain, has eyes. It's a very interesting look, and I always like how he would change shape with the emeralds. I'm saying very basic things about him. It's it's really weird. I put him at number 10. I don't know. It's really, it's really hard to describe why I like him. He works as a villain, just being this thing that is too powerful for Eggman to control. I, I don't know. I can't put the words describe how great he is. I think it's also valuable that he has five character designs. Theoretically seven. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, eight, right? Plus, well, no, nine. Because there's... Well, no, because he's six. It's Chaos Six when he's the big floppy guy, right? Yeah. That's not actually all seven yet. Okay, so there yeah. are eight designs because there's Chaos Zero and then there's one through seven. Well, there are six designs then. Right. Not five because people forget that Chaos One exists because you don't actually fight it. Yeah. But I think your point that he is too powerful for Eggman to control is cool because we don't have that up until now. Eggman is yeah. able to manage everything in his path, and this is the first thing that he still he still convinces Chaos to do what he says, which is cool because Eggman right. can convince anyone anything. <laughs> But then they abuse the crap out of it. Well, I like that as soon as he becomes Perfect Chaos, he betrays Eggman. I mean, he betrays Eggman to become Perfect Chaos, but then Eggman's like, all right, here's my new egg carrier, and instantly one laser beam takes it down. So not only do we have, do we get to see the double cross happening via laser, we also have that really good sense of, of power scaling. Yeah. It's the first time we've had a Frieza or Cell in the Sonic universe where there's just a character that is obviously stronger than the only present threat before now. Yeah. They just show Eggman getting his ass whooped, which is really good. Like, at no other point has anyone besides Sonic beaten Eggman, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's also really satisfying because this is Eggman at his most arrogant. Right. Like, this is the last time you see Eggman in the game, and he is outraged that Chaos would dare double-cross him. And then one laser later, and he is screaming as he falls, like, through the sky. Yeah, very good. It's good. I also like your point, Charlie, about how he goes through the stages. I think it makes it better than the Neo Metal Sonic to Giant Dumb Dragon transformation. I think oh, because yeah. Chaos slowly shifts into being a big dumb dragon. It yeah. works a lot better. Yeah. Also, we get to see the Big Dung Dragon before the game even starts. Yeah, that's true. It kind of teases you. It, it like, hypes us up for it, rather than surprising us and then being kind of dumb. It also looks a lot better in that CG cutscene than it does in 3D. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. He just kind of looks like a mound of pudding in the actual game. So that's Chaos, and now we're breaking into the top five with Amy Rose. Have no fear... Amy Rose has a beer. Did she get it with the groceries? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was getting groceries. She's, she's treating herself. Amy has an apartment. <laughs> and a liquor license, even though she's 12. <laughs> That's really what sold Amy for me, <laughs> was the transition from being a fun little kid with like a silly dress in Sonic CD to being an adult that is self-sufficient in Sonic Adventure. Yeah, she has a sense of responsibility, even in Sonic Battle as well. I mean, I mean, just ignoring the obsession with motherhood, she, like, is <laughs> trying to take care of her health. She, right. like, is, is managing social events. Even though, might I add, that responsibility is unclear. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. But it's yeah. unclear because Sonic has never had good writing. Right. The closest we get to Sonic Battle. Yeah. 
And even then, there's some dubious stuff in there. But yeah, I do like how she lives in places, which she is the only Sonic character to consistently do that. Yeah. She has an outfit that changes from game to game, which is always fun. Her design is just cool in general because her head shape is different and she's got the headband. She's the first female Sonic character. Yeah. So she sets this weird precedent where female Sonic characters have clothes, but that just kind of makes them look better. It weirds me out, though, that every female Sonic character has clothes and almost no male Sonic character has yeah. clothes. Aside from, yeah, like, gloves and over shoes. this. I know. It's just... It's just really, like... Sexist? It's... I don't even know that sexist is, like, the right word. It just... It feels like they wanted to avoid feeling like they were drawing nude women, but they it didn't even occur to them that that would mean they were also drawing nude men. Like, right. Because, like, with men... Let's, let's be honest here. <laughs> no one know. really cares about the P word. That it just like it's it's like by by giving them clothes you're implying that otherwise you would have sexualized them, which is like a weird thing to imply. I guess. Yeah, and it's only the case for Rouge that that actually matters. Yeah, Rouge is definitely sexualized, but like it's just so weird that it's like oh yeah this character we would be sexualizing her by drawing her naked, but that's not the case for the dudes. I don't know. Right. It's it just like it rubs me the wrong way. It's confusing. I don't have a problem with any of the character designs that involve clothes. It's just a really, like, it's an uncomfortable pattern. Well, here's the thing, is that, like, the girl characters actually usually have better designs on average. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Like, clothes improve the design. It's just a weird trend. Like, Blaze looks so cool because she has these heels and the, her gloves that have, like, the poof around them. Yeah. And, like, Rouge's outfit is questionable, but in future games it looks a lot cooler. <laughs> Rouge's entire thing is questionable. The heart motif is alright, though. I think the heart motif was a good idea. They just implemented it in a, perhaps, curious Bad way. way. <laughs> so that's Amy. She's the girl that is obsessed with Sonic, and if we were only counting that element, she'd be much lower. But instead, we're counting the design and the fact that she is a self-sufficient human being person that is just also a hedgehog. Wild. Next up, we've got... Hold on a second. I think I'm underselling something for a second. <laughs> I know, I know we're very tight on time. You know what, never mind. I don't care. I've, I've talked about it enough. Next up, we've got Shadow the Hedgehog <laughs> for number four. Number four, Shadow the Hedgehog. Shadow the GD Hedgehog. I can't believe Shadow the Hedgehog was in our top five, but also I definitely put him there. Yeah, Isaiah gave him number three. I can't believe I did that. I like Shadow a lot. I think his design is very cool. I think it's cool that he fights Sonic. I think he's a good rival. We have a lot of good rivals for Sonic, and none of them are exactly the same. And I find that amazing, considering how bad the writing is in Sonic games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Shadow the Hedgehog is a questionable-ass game, but it does a really good job of selling Shadow's questions about his body. Okay, so so every <laughs> character every character is an element, right? What is Metal Sonic and what is Shadow? Metal Sonic is... Is metal. Is metal, is yeah. Is metal. He's See, the superior rock. I think Shadow is literally a fan. I am I think, a fan of I think, Shadow the I think Shadow, Shadow is an industrial electric fan. That's not an element. It's not an element, but it is the the perfect counter to the wind. Is Shadow not the element of being a black hole? Like, he's he consumes everything around him? And I guess so. we don't know what he does. He's weird. He traps life. He made a promise to somebody in the past to just like yeah. black holes. Just like black holes? Yeah. <laughs> what do you like about Shadow, Charlie? 
he's a cooler Sonic with like extra color and design. Cool little air shoes that let him not necessarily run, but kind of kind of glide. He like roller skates, but yeah. instead of wheels, it's the air. Yeah, his skating is very good. Thumbs up on that. Thumbs up on yeah. that for sure. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but whenever it was icy outside, I would like try to skate across it like I was Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh yeah, right. absolutely. And probably fall. Tip of your toe on the left shoe and like flat on your right shoe. Yeah, yeah. something like that. And then fall over. Yeah, like you said. <laughs> I like the way his like his motion color in Sonic Adventure 2, like when you're doing homing attacks and stuff like that, is yellow. Yeah, it suits him well. Yeah. I also like how he just grows in that game. Like, his sacrifice at the end, while unfortunate that for some reason a lot of things make a character and then kill that character at the end, I think yeah. that Shadows might be one of the best introduce and then kill a characters that I can think of. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the top two for sure. What's your number one? I mean, it's, it's Gamma. <laughs> no, because he's not even dead, he's a bird. Yeah, no, okay. Gamma Gamma is a good like version of that story. That's not that story exactly. It's not the same. No, because the point of that story is that the character is gone forever, which yeah. obviously doesn't happen for Shadow either, but at the end of the game, that's what you think. Yeah. And Gamma is not. Gamma was always a bird, so I think that that doesn't really work the same way. I mean, I think I think Gamma's story on one level is shat- like is the he dies at the end, and on another level is but also he doesn't die because he was the bird. His whole story is about how he needs to be the bird again. That, like <laughs> yeah. it's not him dying. No, like I I agree, but like it's the it's the multiple layers within the same narrative. There's no sacrifice, is the thing. Like, it has nothing to do with the way Shadow ends. Because Shadow kills himself to save the world, whereas Gamma kills himself to save himself. I guess that's true. That's true. Like, if anything, Gamma's death is is selfish. <laughs> I guess. But his murders are noble. Sure, yeah. That's yeah. the weirdest fucking thing I've ever heard, but yeah. I think, yeah, Shadow's, Shadow's character growth is cool because he goes from... I want to destroy the world because my grandpa told me that I should hate everyone because his daughter died, uh, and also she was my friend. But actually, her goodwill rubbed off on me, so now I'm not going to destroy the world. Secretly, the number five character, Amy, just, like, Shadow has a crush on Amy now, and that's why he <laughs> saved the world. You know what? They should have gone in that direction going forward. Well, no, because here's the thing. The next shadow that we get isn't the one that died, because it's actually okay writing for some reason. Yeah. Like, if we're going to bring back a character, I think the idea of Shadow being a robot, which is my canon ending for Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah. I think that actually makes sense, because Eggman has proven that he's willing to make robots that look like people that already exist. And I think that Shadow being a robot adds up, because he was always synthetic anyway. And then I think that the changes in Shadow's personality that we do actively see in the future games make more sense because he's just a slightly different person. Yeah, I agree with that. But Steven, yeah. if that's your canon ending, then Eggman is dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is Eggman also a robot? Sure. Look at all those Eggman's robots. Look at all. Look at Metal Sonic. He can already turn into Eggman. How do we not know that Eggman has always been Metal Sonic? So next up, we have Rouge the Bat as our number three spot. Because Isaiah gave her the number two spot. I really like Rouge's character, and I really hate her character design. <laughs> the duality of man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the duality of Batwoman. It's so, like, like gross. 
Like, I can't explain it. Everything about it upsets me. It's a weird skin-type bodysuit, and she is a busty bat. It's a, it's a, like, it's, it's a sexy cartoon bat <laughs> in Sonic the Hedgehog with just, like, an actual bat face. Head, not face. Her face yeah. is not a bat. She does not have the flat, open pig nose with, like, the no, that's gross, true. tiny eyes. Like, if she had a real bat face, that would be thumbs up for sure. <laughs> I, actually, you know what? I would, I would thumbs up just for the sheer, like, confidence it takes to make a sexy actual bat. Shoutouts to the only two Sonic characters with eyeshadow being in the same game, introduced in the same game. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I think her later character designs, like the outfits she wears, are an improvement, but the issue is still that we have a bat with tits. <laughs> also, they go back to the original design, so... Also, they have jiggle physics in, again, a Sonic the Hedgehog game. The ear physics are good. The ear physics are what we needed, for sure. I like her designs in Heroes and Riders better. Mm -hmm. But yeah, her regular design, not great. Her being a spy that works for the president, very good. Her being like a knowing adult in the Sonic universe, very good. Yeah. <laughs> being a spy that is like pretending to work for Eggman so that she can double cross him later is so good. Right, just because she's greedy? Yeah. Like, it's all for money and gold and jewels and stuff. I mean, Rouge has got a very interesting design. It's very un-animal-like, yet yeah. that's probably what works. Yeah, it is weird that she's a bat. She, just, she's a bat, you guys. <laughs> I don't know, she, she does have a pretty cool personality, too. I don't really have much else to really say about it. Play I'm a Spy for Security Hall for three seconds. you like how she's Emerald's auntie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Shadow's, like, friend where there is no sexual tension because she just, like, keeps Shadow from dying? Yeah. She's like a mom to Shadow and an auntie to Emerald. It's great because she is emotionally mature when she needs to be, but because she almost never needs to be, she just decides not to be. Yeah, it makes sense that she's your number two spot. Yeah. Next up, we've got Knuckles the Echidna as our number two spot. This was a very close game. Yeah. Did I put Knuckles as as number one or number three? Number five. Number five. Oh, jeez. Uh, I've forgotten my list. Knuckles, I, I mean, I said this earlier. Every game, he goes down one rank for right. me. Just because I really like him in Sonic Adventure. His design is really strong, and then he just keeps getting tricked by Eggman. And he keeps being just dumb and angry, which is not really... That's not what I like about him. Right. And in future games, they lean into the dumb aspect, and they make him, like, funny dumb, which I can get behind. That's really only in Sonic Boom, though. That's true, that's true. Which is a different character. I like that character, but it is a different character from the Knuckles that I want, which is the, like, I'm responsible for doing a task, and I have to do it alone, even though it is isolating. I'm okay you know. with narrow-minded, gullible Knuckles, but it it needs to be in a way that isn't just doing what Eggman says sometimes. And also, yeah. we just get rid of that element of his character, and he, like you said, he becomes Sonic's pet. Yeah. And when he's Sonic's pet, that just sucks. Yeah, it's just terrible. Now, Charlie, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a big fan of Knuckles. I am. <laughs> he's the cooler Tails who was a cooler Sonic. Yeah. He can glide, he's red. That's true, he is red. 
He laughs at Sonic's misfortune. He unfortunately gets tricked by Eggman too much. He digs into the ground. He likes the rap. Yeah. He's a protector of the Master Emerald. He says Aura Aura when he's digging. Yeah, he's a JoJo character. He's Sonic's stand. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's let's settle down there. Magician's knuckles. His stand is hunted pee. <laughs> That's actually real. Yeah. For the uninformed. <laughs> Do we even need to explain it? Yes! Hunted P is the, the rapper for Sonic Adventure 2's Knuckles stages. I can't imagine that hardly any of our audience knows that the rapper for Knuckles stages is named Hunted P. Well, because I didn't know that until we started this podcast. Yeah, same here, actually. Good stand name, though. Oh, thank you. He's also got purple eyes. That's nice. He does have purple eyes. He also fights a ghost. Several. That's true. There's like a, a really interesting ghost theme that he has in Sonic Adventure 2. I don't know if interesting is the right word. Confusing, maybe? Is the word I would use? Confusing, yeah, is definitely more accurate. Because it's not like he acknowledges that his entire family is dead and that ghosts should scare him because of that. It's more just that he punches them. <laughs> yeah. He punches them and they disappear or sometimes get bigger and disappear. Yep. It's really more efficient just to dig into them. That's true. And then you get to hide. Yeah. Now... For the last, the greatest character ever, actually tied with Knuckles. Secretly. It's E-102 Gamma. It was Gamma. Hey, hey, Charlie. Yeah? Pick up. Put down. <laughs> Sorry, I just... Clearly Gamma won because of his voice acting. Yeah, it was definitely his voice acting. I do think Gamma's story in Sonic Adventure is the most interesting out of all of the ones in Sonic Adventure. Right, despite being perhaps the least relevant. <laughs> yeah. It's just a really interesting narrative concept within Sonic, but it works surprisingly very well. Yeah, we've already actually talked about it a lot because we did the shadow thing. <laughs> That's true. He's got a really rockin' design. He's also red. He's got a headlight. He's got a gun. He's gonna shoot you. He's got a gun for a hand. Yeah. Does Egg Robo? I don't think so. Wait, Egg Robo does have a gun. Yeah, but, but not, not for, for a hand. hand. Fair enough. He also clearly takes inspiration in design from Egg Robo. But does so much better. But does so much better, yeah. It's like a mixture of Eggman, Egg Robo, and Mecha Sonic. Yeah. He's really good. He is red. <laughs> That's true. He's not purple, though, so he does... That is one con. What's the best color for a Sonic character? Red or purple? Uh, purple. Red. Uh, let me... Let me give an example. Blaze. Big the Cat. Oh, you're right. Knuckles. Mighty the Armadillo. Uh, Rouge has purple. Shadow's eyeliner. She's got more pink than purple. She, yeah, you're right. She's got more pink than purple. Well, that's in her hero's outfit. She's more purple. Yeah, which is her better outfit. Yep. Don't forget. Also, isn't she represented by the color purple for like her? Yeah, like, yeah, she is. Color. It's either it's pink in Heroes and then it's white in Shadow the Hedgehog. But it's it's purple in Sonic Adventure 2. No, it's pink. What is the background for her Sonic Channel art? I think that is pink. Are you asking me to Google this? Well, I thought you might know off the top of your head, considering you're, like, the Sonic Master. Well, I don't look at Sonic Channel that really making me do this. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Her outfits are more pink than purple, for sure. Uh, Sonic Any Channel. Who? Uh, pink, again, please. Found an image of her tied up, so that's... <laughs> Isaiah, you didn't need to say that out loud. Um... <laughs> that's definitely fan art, and that's definitely, uh... Hey, why don't you go to a fish? Why don't you go to the wiki where you won't have to go through fetish art? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I somehow I feel like I might still find fetish art on the Congratulations way Congratulations to the official winner of the NSDZ award for best character of the <laughs> Dreamcast era, E102 Gamma. What what's your prize? He gets to be remembered despite being pseudo dead. Pseudo dead. <sighs> He's also the only character that's on this list twice. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's really the only one that gets that bit. What if we had Shadow and Shadow after Sonic Adventure 2 as separate characters? Shadow Android. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. And now we're going to start with the list of our favorite games from this generation, and just like last time, we'll be playing a song from each of them. Alright. So Charlie, what's the 14th favorite game of this season of the show? Otherwise known as the Dreamcast era. Otherwise known as the least favorite game of this era. Well, it should go to no surprise that it is Sonic Shuffle with the favorite song being Blizzard of Coast. Which, that almost sounds like it's Wizards of the Coast, but anyway, that's the, the Emerald Coast stage. It's pretty nice. My problem with Sonic Shuffle, we were trying to pick our favorite music for it. And it was hard because the music was just so consistently mediocre. But it was inconsistent in tone. Like, it was weird music. Yeah. Like, nothing stood out as something that was really truly enjoyable because nothing that sounded good continued to sound that way for very long within the song itself. Yeah, that was the thing. It was the, There were plenty of things that had interesting parts, but none of them lasted. And everything it was like four different songs in one song. It would start like kind of cool with simple music, and then it would get really complicated, and then it would just be like kids banging on a xylophone. <laughs> yeah, it's real weird. Well, the next item on the list at number 13 is Sonic Pinball Party, with our favorite song being their rendition of Super Sonic Racing. I really wanted to like Sonic Pinball Party more. Yeah. But it just was not, I don't think it was a game designed for us, as we mentioned in the episode. Yeah, I also think, like, it's not quite as relevant, like, as a Sonic game. Yeah. I, I We did sort of factor in how, like, what it did for the Sonic franchise when, when ranking games. And this one didn't, I mean, you know, it was just a pinball game, so it didn't really offer anything like that. Right, it added literally nothing. Other than, like, another instance of Tails with a Spine. Uh, well, I was gonna say, also, it had a Chow Guard. <laughs> it did have that. Sure. <laughs> it's not Sonic Spinball. That's for damn sure. That it's is... very much so not Sonic Spinball. That is true. Heck, it's not even, I mean, I have to play this, uh, Super Mario Pinball. Yeah, or Metroid Pinball. Metro Isn't it Metroid Prime Pinball? Yeah. There's also Pokemon Pinball, Ruby and Sapphire. And I think there's a Pokemon Pinball before that. Yeah, there was a red and blue one, I think. I didn't know that. Pinball is was pretty popular. It's not so much anymore, but... Yeah. At number 12, we have Sega Superstars, with the favorite song being the main theme, the intro theme. Superstars! Specifically the full version? Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna play like a clip of the song right after we mention the song. That's that's yes. what we did last time. Yes. This song is tricky to do that for because there's 30 seconds of like just acapella. I've made it work. Don't worry. You've made it work. Okay, but like definitely listen to the full version and like 
give it your full attention. Also, right here, what we'll probably do is instead of playing it right away like we did, like we did last time, we will be playing the intro to it, and then we'll probably have it cut here into the actual song at full volume. Okay. So that way you hear the whole intro under our talking with like them just saying Superstar over and over again, and you're like, what is going on? And then you get to the real thing, <laughs> and then it sounds good. It's excellent. Also, Sega Superstars is an interesting game that really drives home Sonic's bit for trying out every new version of hardware. Yeah. At number 11, we have Sonic Heroes, with our favorite song being Mystic Mansion. We actually found out that it's Mystic Mansion, right, that has the, like, dynamic soundtrack? I think so. In the game rip versions of the soundtrack, there are different iterations of the song that seem like they can loop independently. But in the official, like, CD, I think it's only one release, right? Yeah. I, I think that's cool. No no other stage in the game really does that aside from, like, Hang Castle, which has... Well, and even then, it's just two tracks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think does work. Yeah, I think it's cool. It's so weird that that's the case for Mystic Mansion, that there's so many, like, sequences that loop between each other when no other part of the game has that. Yeah. I do love every part of Mystic Mansion, though. I think that the different instrumentation for the different parts of the songs really drives home, like, this idea of progression. Yeah. And then I also just love how creepy it is the whole way through. <laughs> I I am a sucker for, like creepy music that is like also kind of kind of dancey yeah well that's what's really cool about a lot of the sonic music was that it was all different styles but they were all dancey yeah and we kind of got away from that but i think this song feels like an older sonic song but just in higher quality yeah yeah i think i do agree with that i i've listened to the music a lot since we played it and i realized that it really does stack up compared to like sonic adventure and sonic adventure 2 and it's probably a bit more consistent than both because it doesn't have to rely on like character theming, right? Weird environmental themes. A lot of the music in Sonic Heroes feels like old Sonic music. Like especially the other song that I was thinking of right away was the I think it's the first version of like the Future City place. Is it just called Future City? No, that's Sonic Riders. Uh, the pre and are you talking about like Metropolis, Grand Maybe. Metropolis, or Power Plant? Is that the that the bit with like the blue platforms? Yeah. I don't remember blue the name of it, platform. but it's, you know, the, the you blue, like, beams of light that you move fast on. Yeah, it's on. called Grand Metropolis. Yeah, I like that level's theme. And I think that's because it reminds me of older Sonic music from, like, the Sonic 2 and 3 era. Yeah. yeah. But the game itself is... Not great. Too much. Far too much. But... It really is just too much. It could be good if it weren't as much, right? I, I guess. Like, the levels are too long. That's the, that's the meat of it. Yeah. And the enemy bites are too much. Yeah, I guess. And the team switching and the voice acting. There's a lot Everybody of Everybody talks way too much. <laughs> they just... its Because of how bad the voice acting is, makes it much worse. I think if the voice actors were good, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But, you know, they say the same voice lines over and over. Look at all those Eggman's robots. Leave them to me, Sonic. Got it! We'll take it from here! Annihilate. Anyway, at number 10, <laughs> we have Sonic Advance 2, with our favorite song being Music Plant Act 1. <laughs> so, 
Sorry, there was a little switcheroo on the document <laughs> that confused me. <laughs> Sorry. I, uh... Oh, boy. So, okay. I'm the one who disliked this more than everyone else. In fact, I put this at number 13 on my list. Yeah, this is the first one that we have, like, a real discrepancy on. There's just parts that just make me very angry, and it's just... Once you look at the game as a whole, like, the, the crap it does to make you do what you normally like, you have to unlock Amy, you have to unlock a Chow Yarn with very mundane circumstances. It's just not worth it, and the levels... Yeah, it does the thing that all the Sonic advances do where it melts by the fifth level. Yeah. And then it just turns into, like, an awful mess. Music Plant Zone, though, is a pretty fun song, at least according to Charlie and I. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like it that much. It starts with a piano, and Isaiah's not into the piano, but Charlie and I are, and then it goes into a fun little, like, roll, and then it just starts with a full song, but typically in the level you actually won't hear most of that because of how dense the sound effects are. <laughs> yeah. Well, at number 9, we have Sonic Advance 1, which it was kind of a, t a tie with Sonic Advance 2, but it just went there, and I'm gonna not let Sonic Advance 2 be ahead with our... <laughs> favorite song being Egg Rocket Zone. Also, probably my favorite zone in that game, just thematically. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I do agree, actually. I think Sonic Advance 1 deteriorates the least, maybe? No, like, well, the, the rock level, the sky rock level that comes right before Egg Rocket, is it just Angel Island? I think it might be. Is that Angel Island Zone? Anyway. Yeah. Angel Island Zone is the zone before. That's maybe the worst of the bad levels in any of the yeah. Sonic Advance games. Now, Charlie, this was your first Sonic game, right? Yeah. How do, how do you feel you've changed on your views on it from, like, you first playing it to when we played it for the podcast to just now? To be fair, I feel like things haven't really changed because I didn't really like it that much. Because it was my first Sonic game, but, like... I could just ignore that to just say Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was my first game because I got that afterwards and I actually have fun with that. Yeah. Right. It's just kind of subpar and I never got to beat it because finding the special stages is a pain and then actually playing the special stages is even bigger pain. It's just a pain. Oh yeah, they're not fun. Like, I do enjoy playing it, I guess, but like, it's like the same way I probably enjoy Gex 64 because I played it when I was younger, but I could probably still play Gex 64 a bit more. I definitely have an easier time falling back into Gex than playing Sonic Advance. It's a really weird situation for me. To me, like, the first two levels and Egg Rocket are all I really remembered from that game, and that makes it easier to like in my memory. Yeah, that's real. Because I know the rest of it is not great. But yeah, that's Sonic Advance. What's the next one? <laughs> Alright, well... At number eight, we have Sonic Advance 3. We have all the Sonic Advance games just kind of bundled up together like that. They're kind of similar in quality. Yeah. And our favorite song from this one is Route 99, Act 1. It's the first level. We didn't really yeah. try it that much. <laughs> the, the music in this game, there is so much of it because every act has... Or, sorry, every zone has three acts, and each act has a different song. Yeah, and the map. And they're all kind of samey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's got what? There's like eight zones, right? Or yeah. there's seven? Seven or eight. I think it's seven, but then there's a final bit. Yeah, so there's 28 songs, plus boss themes, plus like an extra boss at the end, plus some music for just the menu. There's so much music in this game, and none yeah. of it is particularly memorable, but the root... 99 theme is just kind of fun to listen to. Yeah. 
But also, each cluster of four songs are pretty similar. Yeah, but not similar enough that, like, you can pick them out. Yeah. Oh man. Like, it kind of doesn't matter which act we picked, because it would have been pretty much the same song either way. Yeah. It's really bad. It's not a good way to do the music. At least I don't think so. I appreciate the ambition of, because Sonic 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles did the, like, two acts have two different songs. And half the time it was just we just removed some of the instruments from Act 1. And I think that worked because the songs were written in a very clean way. To progress into each other. Yeah. And I, a part of it, I think, is that the Game Boy Advance, that just doesn't work as well as it does on the Genesis. I don't think... I think they could have made better songs that would play into each other better, but they just made had to make so many songs that it was yeah. harder. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of hard to make good GBA music, I think. The only game that I know I like the music to is like Donkey Kong Country 3 because it was new music and it was formed around that and I like David Wise. I like the Kirby music. I'm going to hit you with that Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. I'm going to hit you with the Japanese editions of Ace Attorney. Uh, you fell for my trap card that is labeled uh, all Pokemon soundtracks on the GBA are bad. Uh, <laughs> you hit my trap card, which is that you're wrong, but also you ignored my second example. Well, no one really cares you, about Ace Attorney. <laughs> I accept I accept Ace Attorney, but also Steven's right. But also, like, the DS versions of the soundtracks are just better. That just proves my point, then. No, but Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland and Amazing Mirror are both really good soundtracks. Amazing Mirror, probably, I feel hesitant to give Nightmare in Dreamland a benefit of the doubt because that game is a remake of an NES game, and I like NES music. You gotta listen to Drill Dozer. There's a specific song from Drill Dozer that I don't know what it's called, but it's whenever you get the, like, superpower for the rest of the level. Like, the music just becomes very hype, and it's great. So, like, fun side note about the GBA. I learned that every F-Zero game has a different composer. And oh, I yeah. also learned that there were... I mean, I already knew there were GBA games that were F-Zero games, but there were actually three. So there are as many GBA F-Zero games as there are console F-Zero games. <laughs> So wait, there's there's Maximum Velocity and the anime one. What's the there's, other yeah, one? Yeah, there's Maximum Velocity and GP, and there's another anime one that only came out in Japan. Oh, okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna leave the Game Boy Advance alone for a little bit, and we're gonna talk about <laughs> number seven, which is Sonic Riders, and our favorite song for that is Sand Ruins. I think overall, for for me, the soundtrack. For Sonic Riders is pretty strong, but no song really stands out that much. They all just fit in really well with the game. Yeah, it's like yeah. Star Fox 64. Yeah. I think that the reason Sand Ruins stands out so well is because of the intro to that level. Oh yeah, for it's sure. It's the one with the most iconic intro. I don't know if iconic's the right word, but it's got the most defined intro where you see the sun being eclipsed in one version, and you just see the sun like in the horizon on the other. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it like, you know, I'm even just, in my head, I'm remembering the song playing as also the countdown sound effect plays at the same time. Like, yeah. it's like there are distinct memories that involve that song, whereas I can't remember the rest of the songs from that game, really. And that's, that's partially, that's just my own exposure to it. I got stuck on Sand Ruins. <laughs> Yeah, you also get mind flooded a lot in that game. There's a lot going on. The goal is like sensory overload. Yeah. So, I also wanted to mention here, 
you asked me during that episode uh, to mention some of my favorite future racers, and I forgot to mention episode one, like the Star Wars pod racing game for N64. Oh, yeah. Yeah, episode one racer. Yeah, well, that movie is horrible. That game is pretty fun. I just, I just like the pod racing in general in episode one. Like, the, the movie itself. Yeah, well, that's the thing, is that future racing as a genre is not just a game thing. Like, there are, like I said, there's the season of Yu-Gi-Oh! that is just a future racing season. It's the aesthetic. Yeah, there's, like, a whole situation to it, and, like, fun announcers and stuff like that. Yeah. I love the idea of future racing, but there's also a game that I forgot to mention, which... God, I forgot the name. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut this out too. But I need to do a quick search. I need to mention this game because even though I didn't play it, it's really important to the future racing. At number six. Quick, while Steven is Steven is distracted. <laughs> future racing uh, games. Uh, game games. It's called Breakout. No, that's not. That's not. That's right. a totally different game. Future racing game video games game pressure. Uh, fucking does this a list? Does this have the one that I want? No, these are these are current racing games. These are just real racing games. I don't want this. Oh my god, Christ Almighty, this is horrible. I just want to know. Oh god, I'm gonna fucking have a panic attack. <laughs> oh no, don't do that. Break, break, break. Future break. Future racing games. Break. Break. Christ Almighty. Break. Going crazy. Red Out? No, that's not right. Wait, yeah, no, Red Out is a spiritual successor to this one. But what is it? Oh, God, is he going to mention it in this article? Oh, my God, I want to know. Oh, Christ. I'm, guys, I'm having a real panic attack. <laughs> I'm having a very real Red panic Out panic. video game. Uh, inspired by racing Wipeout! games. Wipeout! 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 Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. Roll Cage and Pod, as stated on the game page on Steam. Did they have a game recently? Like, they Wipeout? released a Wipeout game really recently, I thought. Yeah, okay, well, let me reset this. And there was a game I forgot to mention, which is Wipeout. Now, I never played Wipeout. I don't know if you'll notice this or not, but most of the future racers that I enjoyed and listed were from Nintendo consoles. That's because I didn't have so many consoles until I was, like, way past the age where I was playing most of these racing games. But Wipeout was a huge influence in that whole genre. And while I prefer F-Zero to it still, it is a very good game, and it's an incredible franchise as well. Wait, is, is Wipeout Boats... Or am I thinking it's something else? No, there is a there's a like twisted metal style boat game called like Blood Wake or something like that <laughs> that you might be thinking of. There is also Wave Race, which is not boats, but it is on the water. No, yeah, that's like but like I'm thinking of like an, a distinctly a game I played on I've seen on arc. I think it was called Hydro Thunder. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, there is also that. That's like an arcade game, right? Yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking of specifically, like just seeing something in arcade. No, Wipeout is like these sort of triangle-shaped spaceship type situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It feels a lot like F Zero when you just like look at it from a glance, but they're very different in controls and like scope. Because right. F Zero is more about like a huge group of racers for at least the the two most known games, whereas yeah. Wipeout more. It, it's more like the first F Zero, where it's just kind of a careful like plotting the course type thing, and you can occasionally interact with people, but there's usually only four in a race, as far as I know. Yeah. But it's a very cool game. It's got a lot of neat aesthetics, and it kind of had a huge influence on the techno scene. Mm-hmm. Which is neat. But yeah, I just wanted to mention Wipeout and also Episode 1 Racer. Well, back to the realm of Sonic, we got number six with Shadow the Edgehog. <laughs> with our favorite song being, I think, Ah Yes, Lava Shelter as our favorite regular song. Uh, that was an uphill battle that I did not win. <laughs> With our favorite vocal song being Waking Up by Julian K. 
Yes. Yes. Both of these songs are very good no matter what Charlie says. <laughs> I never said I hated Waking Up. I do like The Chosen One more, though. But you, you really don't like Lava Shelter. I like it now, but it just doesn't speak to me as much as other songs do. And that's fine. So here's the problem, or maybe not a problem, but that game just has tons and tons of good songs. Like, almost yeah. every song is listenable. Yeah. So it's really hard to pick one. Like, I think probably the least listenable songs are literally the cutscene songs. Oh, yeah, like just like Event 9 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they have names in Sonic games. Dude, but... Event Team Chaotix is a real bop. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, even then, the event music is not bad. Like, it's definitely a step up from Sonic Adventure 2's event music. Mm, I don't know about that. At least it's volume. <laughs> well, listen, that's that's not a soundtrack problem. That's, that's true. an audio mixing. That's thing. true. But, you know, shoot guns, play Westopolis 50 times. You know, that's the kind of stuff you're kind of like, oh, I don't um, know if actually, I want to do this anymore. It's only 10 times at minimum. <laughs> not when you're playing, not when you're me playing it. Yeah. And trying to get every single minute route. Yeah, how many routes are there? There's like 250 or something? Wasn't yeah. that like the end of the I think numbers? it was 250 or 350. I think it was 256. That's how many times you have to play Westopolis. Yeah, obviously. Not to mention getting A ranks on every level. It wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. It's kind of the it's kind of like the opposite of Sonic Heroes in that regard. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I expected them to be much closer together in quality. Like, not great, but middling. I want to note that Shadow the Hedgehog got 5th place for Charlie and 6th place for me. Whereas Sonic Riders got 7th place for Charlie and 7th place for Isaiah, whereas I gave it 5th. So they were very close together, but I like Sonic Riders more than Shadow the Hedgehog. Which is weird, because I feel like I was the one who was trying to sell Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah. I feel like you're trying to sell Sonic Riders more. At least you were to Isaiah. Well, right. But it didn't work, because you guys both gave it 7. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want to make a point that I thought it was funny. that like I feel like I personally brought both of those games up a little bit from where... You definitely brought Sonic Riders up for me, because... I was going to put it lower, and then I was like, well, I think it's my fault that I don't like this game, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it up a little bit higher. Yeah, and I think that, like, 7 is a reasonable place for it, because it's still just above, like, the bottom half, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely better than the GBA games. Well, all but one. Anyway, <laughs> at number 5, we have IGN's 10 out of 10 Sonic Pocket Adventure. <laughs> Which IGN fan favorite. And the favorite song we picked from this is Aquatic Relic Zone Act 1, which is literally just Mushroom Hill Zone Act 1. <laughs> so, so I just, like, this is a game that probably most people have not played. Most Sonic fans even have not no, played. No, I think people will be more likely to play this than Sonic Shuffle. I mean... I think both of them are probably games yeah. that most people haven't played. There are plenty of games that we've played that most people have not, like Sonic Goddamn Eraser. Yeah, Sonic Eraser and Sonic Shuffle, you can miss out on. I highly recommend playing Sonic Pocket Adventure, because the more the more I think about it, the more I'm like, dang, this is just classic 2D Sonic, but like, again, like a little bit later. And idealized, Yeah, in my opinion. There's there's collection mechanics which I'm not huge on, but I like get it. You know they're also not necessary. You don't need to do it. Oh yeah, of course. The music, this is both a pro and a con. The music is just Sonic 3's music, but vaguely Redux. Like they, it it's interesting. Like I'm curious every time a new song comes on of how it'll be very slightly different from the original. Yeah. Well, also just the boss fights are amazing. Yeah. Every boss fight was fun, in my opinion. 
and the level designs aren't as asinine as the three advanced games. I think I think this game kind of yeah. also has that quality drop off that Advance has, but I don't think it's nearly as bad. I also think it only arrives at the like metal in the sky level. Yeah, right. Which is six levels in as opposed to four. Yeah. So you're already through more than half of the game, and also you've already gotten a chance to get accustomed to controls really well. So I yeah. feel like it's actually not too hard to beat that level anyway. Plus, yeah. it looks nicer. Yes, yes, it does. It looks much nicer. <laughs> but number. Four, we have a game. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I'm, one I'm word just for moving it. Everywhere. Number four is Sonic Adventure. Our favorite song is Pleasure Castle for Twinkle Park. And we kind of cheated with the vocal song. We went with <laughs> we went with Gamma's theme. Because that's just really nice. Yeah, it's a character theme. It's a character theme rather than a vocal theme. Yeah, but waking up isn't really a isn't really a character theme, is it? Yeah, but there's only one character, so Yeah, they're all shadows themes. <laughs> anyway, this game might not have aged that well. It has the lowest score from Steven at number 7, but it was it was like kind of spread out. Like you put it in second, I put it in fourth, and Steven put it in seventh. And I like understand all of that. It's a game this is, I would describe this as a game. We like it, we think. That's true, yeah. But I guess we could just go to number three, unless you guys have anything else you want to say. Well, I would like to, first of all, we need to talk a little bit longer, because this one has two songs. <laughs> <laughs> but second of all, I, I just wanted to, first of all, mention that the reason some things are getting two songs is because we decided that anything that was worth two episodes got two songs, and also the games that have two episodes typically have a set of songs that are for levels, and then a set of songs that are, like, more produced. Yeah. All right, we didn't even give Sonic Heroes a favorite vocal song, which kind of depresses me. That also means... Oh, it's just it's just what I'm made of, right? Well, no, it's this machine. Yeah, it's, it's this Team machine. Chaotix, actually. No, Team Chaotix's song <laughs> is good, but it's not as good as this machine. That's fair. Julian, Julian K. K wins the podcast. That's... Julian K. makes the best Sonic music. <laughs> that is highly fair. Come on, what about... God, who wrote all of Shadow's stages in Sonic Adventure 2? That's just Crush 40. No, it's, it's like Everett Oh, no, Everett Bradley. Bradley. Yeah. Oh, you said in Sonic Adventure 2, not Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, sorry. I got confused. I mean, he didn't do all of Shadow's music because Skyrail and Radical Highway aren't. They're just Jun Sinnoh because those stages were supposed to be for Sonic. Yeah, also, there's only four stages that are for Shadow. It hurts me every day. Sonic Adventure still gets to me because playing it, like, I enjoy playing it. But it's really hard to convince somebody that it's good because it's Cause kind it's of not. not. Yeah, because it's not good. Like it's. I can just turn my brain off and play a big stage, and I'll be fine. But I'm I'm still so like impressed by it somehow. By Sonic Adventure or the fact that I could turn off my brain and enjoy. By by. <laughs> Charlie, like you fall. liking Sonic games is way more impressive than any Sonic game has ever been. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You chose to enjoy Big the Cat. You were not born liking Big the Cat. <laughs> so here's the thing. Sonic's levels in Sonic Adventure are occasionally okay, and Tails' levels are the same, and then everything else is just dubious, at best. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess you're right, but I don't know. I think I, I, think I have this issue where if I enjoy something, I just imagine a better version of it, and then I pretend that that's the version I'm experiencing. I mean, that's yeah. what we've been... Like, that was the whole point of Sonic Adventure, is that you want the game to be better. Yeah, that's real. 
you don't care as much about stuff like Shadow the Hedgehog because there's no reason that should be. That's not the first 3D Sonic game. It's not yeah. a character that we all like a lot. Like, we all are into Shadow the Hedgehog, but, like, we don't like him as the protagonist. Yeah. I do, I do sort of do that with Shadow. Like, I, I am constantly... And, and throughout this whole podcast, I found myself being like, man, this game is really close to good. It just needs to do things diff- like some things a little bit different than it did. And I found myself being like, man, I want this to be remade for the sole purpose of maybe we can have a version of this that's actually good. I mean, I think that you're doing that because we're doing the podcast and like critical thinking just tends to lead to like, oh, well, if this is a problem, how would I solve it? Because that's yeah. the easiest way to prove there's a problem is like find a way to solve it. You know? Yeah. But also like, I really want a Knuckles Chaotix game that's good. Right, but I think that for Sonic Adventure, you did that before we had a podcast, because that game does things that make you beg it to be better. That is definitely true. Like having four characters that aren't fun to play as. <laughs> yeah. I, I cannot fathom how much you just do not like the Gamma stages. They're just boring. Like, there's nothing... They aren't fun for the reasons the Sonic stages are fun, and then the reasons they could be fun, which is like, oh, it's fun to shoot things. Like, the shooting doesn't feel good. It's just easy. And then the bosses are just like walk, like slam your face into it and mash the attack button. <laughs> Except for Dreamcast Boy. He's an interesting boss. I do think Sonic Adventure 2 improved on the concept a lot, but the main improvement was really just having stages dedicated to it. Right, and then it also ruined it by having horrible, horrible jumping. <laughs> yes. The jumping being bad sucks. I think we were right when we said the best iteration of the Meg gameplay is actually in Shadow of the Goddamn Hedgehog. Yeah. Except when... Uh, horizontal movement's the issue. Well, yeah, but you can still just jump and, like, make your jumps. After you stop relying on the hover, you're fine. Yeah. Well, anyway, Sonic Rush is at number three. (laughs) With, uh, Bomber Barbara as our favorite song. Bomber Barbara being the first final boss theme. Not the one for all the Chaos Emeralds, but the one that you fight that's a giant purple boy. And not the actual semi-final boss that is the little purple girl. Right. That is Bellanova. <laughs> the, the the more I play Sonic Rush, the more I realize it's just a 90s Sonic game, but like in the 2000s. Like way faster? <laughs> like way faster, yeah. Except for the bosses, which are way slower. I would kind of like massively disagree with you considering how much you do in like gameplay for Sonic Rush to keep yourself from slowing down, which is the opposite of Sonic 2. Yeah, that's true. Like, there's so many little mechanics, like the jumping and then being able to do something in the air with both characters, even though they aren't tails, and then like being able to boost, <laughs> and also... There are more mechanics, for sure, and all of those mechanics are like pretty elegantly implemented. Yeah, there's also fun ways to like break the level to like skip stuff, especially if you're playing as Blaze, because she can do the all-directional jump. Yeah. It's very fun playing as Blaze and like doing tricks and then just getting an extra jump in there just to do more tricks. Yeah. Yeah. It's really easy to get a full meter that way. I think the Rush is an exceptional 2D Sonic game. Yeah. I still don't know if I like Sonic Pocket Adventure or Rush more though, as my favorite 2D Sonic game. Yeah. Man. Rush is more fun. Like, Pocket Adventure looks nice, but Rush is actually fun. Pocket Adventure is so elegant, so clean, but Sonic Rush's music is so much so much better yeah at number two we have sonic battle with our favorite song being tails lab it just occurred to me we should probably have another favorite song because we spent two episodes with it but there also isn't really that much music 
Yeah, there's not like a... The way we did it with the previous games was since they had a lot of music, they had usually like character themes and then stage themes, so we picked one from that and then one for the other. But yeah. with Sonic Battle, there's like just one set of music. And with, with Sonic 3 and Knuckles, where we did pick two songs, we picked one from Sonic 3 and one from Sonic and Knuckles. Right, so for Sonic Battle, the convention here just doesn't work as well. But if we had to pick one, there's a thing that's called like Happy Time or something like that. That's one of the <laughs> character interaction themes that I like. So I'll allow it. There's if you want some extra homework, look up that song, Happy Time <laughs> Sonic Battle. You'll find it. Sonic Battle is so like weirdly, unexpectedly very good. It's the best written Sonic game. I really wish that were not true. Its only issue is that it's grindy. Yep. Yeah. That's like the one problem. The fighting is also not like maybe the best that it could be, but for being on the Game Boy Advance and like yeah. being a 3D fighting game, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, I'd probably rather play this than uh, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance on the GBA. Yeah. Oh, God. Although now that I talk about it, I, I kind of want to get it. <laughs> I mean, you want to have it, but it's horrible. <laughs> I suppose it's like so. Sonic Adventure. <laughs> well, okay. I also want to try out Space Channel 5, but that's a different beast. Yeah, Sonic Battle, though... I'm glad you guys came around on it. I love that game a lot. That's It's one of, like, man, it's a good game. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, it, everyone kind of shits on it, but the people who shit on it and still like it, I think they're just shitting on it to, like, not look bad. Yeah. I don't know, I feel like, I feel like, I, I mean, I'm not really in the sphere of people who talk negatively about it, so I have no idea. I've just seen a few different YouTube videos about it, and they're all, like, Sonic Battle is this giant pile of dog shit that's kind of amazing. The thing is, is that YouTube can't talk about a video game without, like, the video also being like, and the game sucks, or, and the game is a masterpiece. Like, those are the two settings on YouTube. And yeah. it's only allowed to be a masterpiece if it's a really hard game. <laughs> Algorithm. Or literally no one's ever heard of it. Those are the two situations in which it's allowed to be a masterpiece. What about Katamari? Or it's made by Naughty Dog. Those are the three what? situations. What about Katamari, though? I feel like everybody on YouTube likes Katamari, right? Yeah. Katamari doesn't obey any rules. So, you know. It's Sonic Battle, folks. That was my... That's your transition. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, number one is no shock. Yeah. Because it's Sonic Adventure 2, and no amount of YouTube criticism will ever change that fact. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody has their own different favorite Sonic game, especially from this era. Yeah, but they're always wrong if it's not Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they all do have that, but, like, we don't have a different favorite. <laughs> and a lot of that, I think, comes from Sonic Adventure 2 was my first Sonic game. It was my first, actually, one of my first video games. So, Also, favorite song is Metal Harbor. For regular songs, and then it's unknown from ME for the vocal. So, so my sister visited for a family reunion recently, and just out of nowhere, she was like, "Do you remember the vocal songs from Sonic Adventure 2?" And then just started what? singing them. What? Hold <laughs> it! Your sister played Sonic Adventure 2? No, but I did, and I listened to the music a lot as a kid. And she's like, "That's just a part of our childhoods now." The only GameCube game I remember your sister having any connection to was Animal Crossing. She started singing Eggman's theme, and I was like, "This is amazing." Your sister is a good singer. That you've retained this knowledge for 
over a decade. Yeah, your sister is good at singing. And are now breaking it out, presumably in an attempt to embarrass me. It will not work. I am instead proud of you. Yeah, you've got, like, the armor for that one. Yeah, it was great. She do she she doesn't know unknown from me, but that's because. Well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> what if she just started singing "I'm a Spy"? <laughs> oh, I'd 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 be like that's that'd be impressive. Just like da 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 da. Oh man. Well, that's folks, amazing. we've had some laughs. We've had some spin dashes. We've had you know what? Cut all of that out. <laughs> nope. <laughs> We've had some somersaults. <laughs> We've. Do you guys? Do you guys remember that bit in Sonic Rush where, whenever a stage begins, Blaze goes, "You can't escape me." Who's she talking to? Egg Eggman, nigga. But she. Can we? Never mind. <laughs> Did you have a problem with the way I said that? Uh, Eggman. It sounded like a different word. <laughs> Eggman, nay, yeah. Eggman. Still feel right. Negative Eggman. Like a horse, like nay, yeah, it's not good. I agree. Edward Nigma, the Riddler. Um, that was, that was also not. <laughs> Edward Ligma. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we cutting this bit out? Because it's it's not related at all. Let's just plug the outlet into the wall. Now that we've come to the end of our second season, I've got an announcement to make. Moving forward, our podcast is going to be covering two games a month instead of trying to cover one episode a week. So for example, if we were playing Sonic Rush, we would play that and then have a week break. And then we would move into Sonic Riders, let's say, and then we'd have a week break. But then if we were about to play Shadow the Hedgehog, those two episodes would come one after another. That way you don't have to wait like an additional week to get to a new game if you're not as interested in the game that we're playing for longer. And also we found that the second episodes of bigger games are usually easier for us to record. Yeah. So they fit into our schedule better. Yeah, and and a big part of that is that two-parters are, are going to become more frequent, but also we want to have more time to play a lot of the games as well. Yeah, especially stuff like... And it's gone. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even when we don't do two-parters, the games are getting bigger and they're getting more complex. Right, like Sonic Rush is a bigger game than Sonic Advance. Yeah, for sure. And also we'll be playing stuff like Sonic and the Secret Rings and Sonic and the Black Knight. And those games, I don't know if they necessarily deserve two parts, but they're certainly much longer games. There's definitely a lot going on in those games. Yeah. And we actually like Sonic and the Black Knight, at least Isaiah and I do, whereas yeah. we don't like Sonic Heroes, so that was easier to like <laughs> drop off the face of the earth. Yeah. Well, since this is the finale, uh, we're going to go on a little Sonic break which I think will drive me crazy. I, I think it will. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be playing uh, a little known series made by a man named Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima. Bok Choi. Bok... No. I mean, I, sorry. Bok Tai. Yeah. The greens are in your hand. <laughs> Bok Choi. The greens are in your hands. Okay. There will be four games in the Bok Tai series. So we're going to be playing those, and then we'll be back to Sonic. There's four, right? Yeah, there's Boktai, The Sun is in Your Hand. Boktai 2, Solar Boy Django. The Sun is in Your Foot. The Sun is no longer in Your Hand. <laughs> the Sun is in someone else's hand. Boktai 3, Get That Sun Back Into Your Hand. So Boktai 3 is a Japan-only game. Yeah. And 
I think it's roughly translated to Sabata's counterattack, which will make more sense as we play the game. Yeah. And then there's Boktai 4, <laughs> Lunar Knights. And Lunar Knights is just, like, not a Boktai game. It is in Japan, though. In Japan, it has the exact same name, but in the US, and I think Europe too, they just changed it to Lunar Knights with no direct association to Boktai. And also, the two protagonists in that game have different names in the US, but in Japan, they have the same names as the previous series protagonists. That's incredible. So in Japan, it's kind of like an alternate universe, but it's more like a Zelda situation where all the names are still the same. Yeah, I'm into it. So get hyped for that. We'll only be giving one episode to each of those games, probably. Yes. Unless we decide to change our minds later like we did with Sonic Battle. But most likely it'll be one episode each. I think one episode should be sufficient. Also, we got Charlie to play a Hideo Kojima game, guys. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> well, you're not going to get me to play Death Stranding. Psycho Mantis. No baby modems. No baby modems. <laughs> no. You're that ninja. You don't want to swallow fetuses with us? I don't have a good snake voice. I'm working on it, though. Metal Gear! <laughs> yeah, the, the trick to doing a good voice is to just try really hard, but not try to be accurate, just try to get a voice. There's also, like, three different snake voice actors, I think. There uh, is one, he's David Hayter, and Kojima tried to replace him three different times, and finally succeeded in Metal Gear Solid Five. So there are two. There's also a Japanese voice actor. Well, okay, fine. There's wow. also probably different voice actors in, in other languages. Presumably. I don't know. I, I actually don't know if like they redid the cutscenes for Italian or whatever. I'm sure I'm sure Spanish Spanish most likely has one, yeah. Yeah. French too, probably. Anyway, that'll do it for our season two finale. You can find <laughs> us on Twitter at no spin dash zone. You can email us using the email no spin dash zone at gmail.com. You should get that on Twitch slash no spin dash zone. Sometimes. Sometimes. Probably more frequent now that we're doing the new schedule. Yeah, that's going to make it easier for us to stream. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. You can follow me at Draws Charlie, where I draw something on paper every day. And sometimes I'll make something digitally and it'll look nice. Anyway, bye. Bye. Hello. Oh, hey, also, thanks for <laughs> listening. If you've stuck with us this long, I appreciate it. Oh, I didn't yeah, think absolutely. that we were going to end up getting past, like our third episode, let alone this part. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. And I also wanted to make a shout out. We always try to plug the LAG network at the end with our little canned like stinger. But I wanted to just specifically say that I appreciate them giving us this platform and letting us have access to their SoundCloud and stuff like that. It's very helpful. Yeah. Also, thanks for enduring this very long episode. Oh yeah, this is going to be a big boy. God, is it going to be like two hours? It'll be like two and a half hours probably. Jesus. Yeah. Well, we'll cut, we'll trim it down, but we'll see. Yeah, it might. Bye. All right. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye.
The No Spin Dash Zone is made possible by the LAG Radio Network. We'd like to thank them for hosting us on platforms like SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and lots more.